Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's the Dublin R505. It's AEW Wells End, and it's Year End Predictions Part 2. But I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire Dublin R team. Up first by my side for every WWE and AEW show, it is the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. Happy New Year, Jaxi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone listening as well. I hope you all had a good one. Now, my maths is really bad, but I'm not sure when our first show was. It might be 2020. So this is like the fourth right. year of walking, working together now, Eva. Right. And we've not killed each other. Way. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I suppose everything's all right. Are you looking forward to finishing the year off strong? At the start of the year, if you know what I mean. It's a bit weird, but it's AEW's fault. Mm. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, hoping to kind of end the 2023 wrestling year with a bang. But you'll never know. So let's see how we get on. <laughs> yeah, well, like I say, even you've got a chance today. Who knows? Uh, Gee, thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, you start as you mean to go on. So up next, anyway, our <laughs> resident NXT expert and New Japan deity, and there's no doubt it's his busiest time of year. It is Monty. How's it going, man? It's going. It's going. I'm somehow uh, here. I don't. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, it's been a whirlwind. It's always an exciting time. This time of year, you know. Again, my favorite WWE premium live event is the Royal Rumble. I love it every year. So you get ready for the build to that. You have all the inciting stuff that's going on in New Japan this time. You're at Wrestle Kingdom. AEW forced a, a last-minute type of show deal on us. I remember when they used to brag on how they weren't going to be doing monthly pay-per-views, and that, that seems like forever ago now. But, uh, again, like you said, it's an exciting time, and it's a wonderful time for content. I'm pretty sure you noticed that, too, because everyone <laughs> has so much content that it makes it easier for us to make content about their content. <laughs> but again, like you say, I mean, the thing is, we've been doing this quite a while now together. So, and it's weird to be complaining about the quality of wrestling. You know, oh, there's too much quality wrestling, considering what we've been through. You know, <laughs> so I suppose we are a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I long for those days when we only had <laughs> Raw and just SmackDown, and it was you just had to deal with just that. No, like, like you're 100 percent right. Like the fact that we have so many options, we're just spoiled. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's it's one of those complaints where you're happy about it, but it's still like, wow, it's, I have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> I shall never doubt. Uh, but, of course, we've got the whole team here, and last, but by no means least, and we're leaving together, but still, it's farewell. And maybe we'll come back to Earth, who can tell? I guess there is no one to blame. We're leaving ground, leaving ground. Would things ever be the same again? <clears throat> it's a final countdown. Do 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 the final countdown. Do you know how far back I had to go with the microphone from me? You know. Anyway, it's Gina, everybody. It's the final countdown. We're there. It's year end prediction. <laughs> how you doing? Happy New Year. To- <laughs> yes hello happy new year team how's it going 
Oh, I'm pumped up. Catch my breath back. It feels, like, pumped feels up, like 2024 has just kicked off with so much wrestling. Oh, geez. Is, is there something because too much wrestling? You know, I know we don't want to say it, but come on. you know We do don't want to say it. We enjoy it, but there might be. Just slightly. Yeah, It's, it's annoying when a week's work of, of wrestling kind of leads like a month's worth of podcasts. Uh, and as you know, like how long ago does Wells End actually feel like? You know, <laughs> considering everything we've had, but it is crazy. It's not only the it's it's only the last wrestling event of the. I have been drinking, everybody, just in case you're wondering, you know. Uh, but we're going to find out today who wins the 2023 predictions. And the prediction leagues, a big thing here we do on the Double R podcast. And of course, prediction leagues 2023 before Wells End. As we stand, as we left off on part one, the bonus league with one bonus point left was Monty on 16 with guaranteed league win, James and Gene on 15, Jaxie on 12, and AEW with one AEW show left, Jaxie James on four, Monty Gina on three. Now, the thing is as well, which is quite annoying, I mean, Jaxie for you, because AEW have added this show, you were guaranteed a league win, and now you might not even get one. Yeah, so AEW wanted to screw me over just as much as you did, James. I'm 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 not sure whether or not you guys were in communication with one another, but um I'm taking that shit personally. <laughs> yeah. No well to be fair, I would as well. Uh overall, so how we left it at this moment in time, Jaxie, you're all on twenty one points, Gina's on thirty one, Monty's on thirty two, and with a two point lead is me on thirty four. But who knows what could happen. We're going to get into it. A few AEW notes, because if I'm watching it, we're going to talk about it. And we mentioned the Continental Classic. And we saw Swerve beat Lethal and Jay White beat Roosh in the Gold Group. Mox beat Mark Briscoe in the Blue Group. Luchasaurus was rechristened Kill Switch. Uh, we're going to talk about it, But Gina, I just want to talk about Luchasaurus here. The whole point of this is for him to eventually turn against Christian, isn't it? I mean, what are your thoughts? Because I think Luchasaurus deserves a little bit of time here. I mean, I, I feel like that's where they're sort of trying to take the story with Killswitch, i.e. Luchasaurus, you know, um, just seeing all these opportunities stripped from him by Christian and just seeing him being belittled so much. You know, we all know that there's going to be a breaking point. We all know he's going to crack and that's going to then, you know, bring on this turn, or that's what we're expecting. But it just gets harder and harder because how much longer do you want to drag this out? Because the longer you drag it out, the less we actually think that's going to happen. And then Luchasaurus is just going to disappear from screens or something. I'm not sure. But it's it's where we thought it was going to go, or at least I did. Yeah, what's it going to take for Luchasaurus to be like, look, enough's enough, or kill switch? Christian have to bring out like Luchasaurus's mum or something like this, you know. Like, when's the? Point? I mean, yeah, I think Christian's I mean, gonna have to do some slating against the dinosaur clan and bring out that hatred I mean, again. Just bring out a massive dinosaur. It's like, is your mum? I, I definitely am going to touch on a lot more of even my own thoughts on what I think about Quill Switch when we get to sort of um, some of the other stuff that happens later on in the event. But I definitely want to say that there has to be something significant that's going to tip kill switch over the edge you know um and i'm not sure how taking your hard-earned um contract doesn't actually fit that bill however 
there's got to be something. There's there's got to be a pushing point for Luchasaurus. I just don't know what that is. You know, uh, there's yeah, got to be something that's going to take him. Uh, you know, make him switch and actually realize how much he's being scapegoated by Christian. Well, another story that is has as much success is of course the Devil storyline, uh, <laughs> which again has been a bit up and down. We saw Dynamite. And Jeff made reference to the devils interrupted by him, brought out Samoa Joe, who uh, tried to screw him out of world title shop for Adam Cole, said to MGF that you do owe Joel uh, a title match. And we saw on Rampage where the Utah beat Shibata for the Ring of Honor pure title. Collision on Blue Group Action, Claudio beat Garcia, Eddie beat Brody on Dynamite, Gold League, Moxley beat Lethal, and Briscoe lost to Roosh. We then see Sting and Ric Flair join Tony Schiavone to find out that Sting's retirement match will be in March 3rd, 2024 at Revolution. And apparently, Monty, this is his last match, I believe that. But this is the next AEW pay-per-view. So we're actually going to get a little break now after what we've just had, which is good. Yeah, that is good. You know, again, they went to like a monthly format out of nowhere. Uh, Well, out of nowhere to me, just because you know, I think it was expected eventually because I felt like, you know, uh, maybe they didn't want to keep just doing the uh, the kind of live of premium live event or kind of pay-per-views, but they were free on TV. Maybe they just wanted to do more of these. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think it's good that we're going to get a little bit of a, a respite. But, I'm, you know, again, I know how they tend to do things. We're going to probably get a battle of the belts or something of that ilk, something like that before March, because that's usually how Tony tends to book these things. And, uh, you know, again, it, it is what it is. I can't wait to see how uh, the Sting match comes about. Are, is, are they just going to throw a match together honoring Sting, or is it going to be a storyline for his retirement? Do they even need to do that? What are they planning on doing going in that direction? But either way it goes, uh, for someone like me who kind of always has Sting there, this is the, it's not the, it's not exactly the same, but it's very, very similar to when Undertaker finally walked away. It's just like he's, he's someone who's just always been there, always been constant. And then, like, for example, if you look at it the way Undertaker was always there for WWE, Sting was always there for whoever the biggest promotion that wasn't WWE. <laughs> so it's kind of uh, crazy when you think about it that we'll, we will finally move on and it won't be any Sting. Will they just go to Darby versus Sting one-on-one match and just do it that way type of deal for the end? I don't know, I, I but uh, I'm eager to see. <laughs> Please no. Oh, can be out there no. Can't no. we get Mark Calloway? You know, can't we have Mark Calloway no. dressed up? No, me, a, Mark Calloway, biker vest, jeans, <laughs> MC. You know, we've seen it before. We can have Michelle McCall sing his entrance, uh, and we can have. A- <laughs> wow, sound very familiar. Why are you, James? No. no, absolutely not. Mark Callis is back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big Red. <laughs> Here comes Big Red. That's what he's known as. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Dante Martin returned. He teamed with his brother, uh, Darius Martin, and Action Andretti to beat the Hardys. And brother Zay in trios action. TBS Championship, Julia Hart beat Emi Sakura. We saw Christian Cage promo where he told... Uh, the Rated R Superstar... Well, no, sorry. Rated R Superstar told him to go fuck himself. I get confused. There's a lot of fucking going on. Continental Gold League, Jay White lost to Swerve. On collision and blue league action, Brody beat Claudio. 
and Andrade beat Danny Garcia. Brian Danielson made his return to the ring to beat Eddie Kingston. That's 0-2 for, for Eddie. Dynamite in Canada. We got John Moxley beating Roosh in Gold League and Swerve Strickland beating Mark Briscoe. Briscoe's out. Hangman Page and MJF had a tense backstage altercation. Looked like it was going to be a tag match against the Devil's Henchmen, which never happened. Jay Lethal was knocked out with Jay White. Sky Blue lost to Timeless Tony Storm. And then TNT Championship, Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage. We saw a ref bump. And Shania Wayne, mother of Nick, turned heel on Copeland and Cage won with a shot to the neck with his former friend to set up an injury angle. Vince Russo, eat your heart out. Jaxi, I know you've got a lot to talk about kill switch, but what were your thoughts on this? First and foremost, because it's like everybody's yeah, turning heel um, at this moment. <laughs> it's all with Christian. Right. Okay, so so I just want to say, I actually really do love what they're doing with Christian. Okay, so this isn't... um. What I'm about to say doesn't like reflect on everything that's a whole. But do we need Nick Wayne's mum involved in this ongoing like uh, uh, group? I don't know it like if they're a faction yet or what. Um, you know, but but do we need Nick Wayne's mum? Like it. Uh, I just. <laughs> I can't. I just don't. I I don't understand why we need her in the picture. Why she, why she's on TV? I I got it when it was at the point where the story was Christian trying to bring Nick Wayne over to his side and stuff like that, and she was in the crowd watching him make the wrong decision and turning heel and this. It worked. It worked. What? None of us needed this. None of us needed her turning heel. None of us needed her getting involved in this match. I don't even... What were you even doing there, Shayna? Go and stay at home. Have a cup of tea and stay with the rest of your kids. It's like, a bit sexist. A woman can go out help. and do things. Yes, yes. A, a, no, Sorry, a woman Gina, can, but she's talk, not a wrestler. But, but she's it's not the 21st century, but she's not a wrestler. Right? No, but she's not a wrestler, James. Is she wrestling in the ring? It, what no, is she adding she to this She wants to go out and do, and do work. What is she adding to you know? Yeah, but I, like, I but, think, but, but that's well, what I mean. A bit like Karen Jarrett, we always need a bit of eye candy, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> okay, that might be just this your. Breeze, your that's, yeah, that's that's your own personal opinion on that um, sort of thing, and I don't mean it in a sexist way. So let's let's definitely like kick that out the boot. I just don't understand why she needs to be brought into the story. Like, she just it just seems pointless to me. Like, I get Jack that they, they clearly less women in wrestling. I get it. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I just, I don't really know whether or not, like, I get that they, they needed something to stop this match because they didn't want, um, there to be like, you know, a clean finish here between Adam Copeland and Christian. I just, the, yeah, I just, this, just, this did not shock me. And this, I just didn't care for it either. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll it was move there. On. <laughs> we'll move on a rampage. Blue League, uh, Continental Classic. Danielson beat Garcia on collision. Uh, Blue League. Eddie got his first points versus Claudio. Andrade beat Danielson. Bit weird if you believe the rumours, but elsewhere they dusted off Ethan Page to lose in his hometown uh, or his home country versus Omega. Dynamite, December 13th. Winter is coming. Joe fought Adam Page, did it. Uh, Page disagreed. Roddy Strong think it's MGF. Who knows? The Golden Jets were called down by Kenny's injury. Uh, Blue League, Brody King lost to Andrade. Gold League, Roosh beat Jay Lethal. 
and Mark Briscoe lost to Jay White. Moxley beat Swerve. Rampage Top Flight and Andrade beat Penta Commander and uh, Vikingo in a great match. Has anybody seen that? On Collision, Colonel Classic, Gold League, Claudio it beat Andrade. It was awesome, that match. Yes, it was so awesome. good. Yeah, I was about to say, it was great, wasn't it? It really, really was. Like, I'm loving more and more that I see of this thinking, uh, thinking go. Um, you know, I've seen one or two sort of clips of him from AAA wrestling. But, yeah, just seeing him on AEW TV is always a, um, it's a nice little nod to see to see some of that cross-promotion going again. Right now, we also had another good match with um, Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander beating Diamante and Mercedes Martinez in a fun street fight. The women are allowed to do this about once a year. Like every December, Tony books a match like this. It's always good, but it's only in December. Right, right. right. Uh, yeah. Classic <laughs> Blue League, Eddie Kingston beat Danny Garcia. If Mad King lost here, he would have been out. In the main event, Danielson beat Brody King. On Dynamite, in the Gold League match, Mark Briscoe beat Jay Lethal. Swerve upped his points total, defeating Roosh in the night's opener. In the main event, Jay White beat Mox, leading to a three-way tie in the Gold League. Between these two and Swerve. And speaking of Swerve, backstage, MGF confronted Strickland. Tense exchange. Uh, and Swerve said, while you're failing tryouts, I was signing contracts. And MGF questioned whether Swerve was a devil. Gina, how fucking cool is Swerve? I mean, I was saying this when he was in NXT. But, I mean, how cool. And surely now he is next in line. I do feel biased because I did like him when I saw him in NXT. And so I feel like when he came over to AEW, I was already on his side because I really liked um, him from his WWE days. But still, he's so cool. He just oozes swagger and you want to be his friend, but you also want to hate him. He's just cool right now and he's really hot. So they just need to keep pushing it. Without a doubt. On Rampage, Black Tourist showed everybody not watching Impact or AAA how good he is. On Collision and Blue League Action... Uh, Danielson drew with Claudio in a good match, opening the door for Kingston if he could beat Andrade after Garcia had upset Brody King. The Mad King did it. Thunder Rose returned to team with Abaddon to defeat Judy Hart and Sky Blue. And then final Dynamite, December 27th, Gold League final swerve, Mox and Jay White. And Moxie showed grit and tenacity en route to pinning White following the Death Rider. Um, again, this Jackson, this was a, a great way to kind of you know start the show and showed how how well the continental classics work like you said on the last episode yeah exactly i mean this is this is how you book like a tournament within a wrestling division you know um each each match like progressively got better and better um you know the weeks it going for uh throughout the weeks going leading up to this so um you know even with uh you know, Jay picking up the win and making it a triple threat, like sort of changed what we really thought um, would be a one on one final um, between the Gold League. So even that changed it up and made it just as more, much exciting. Again, my question though, where's the women's? Why are there only the men getting this belt? Why are the men only getting this tournament? Explain to me that. Yeah. Honestly, because there's no reason as to why you're not giving the women this type of tournament with a new belt as well. The women li- significantly have less belts across every division. But give me a reason why Tony yet again introduces a new belt that no one asked for. 
with a new, a new tournament that actually worked so well to showcase some of the new upcoming, you know, uh, potential future faces of the company. And tell me why we're not doing that for the women. And tell me how creative are not actually going, this is a good idea. Why don't we do a continental tournament for a new continental belt for the men? And and not one person was like, we should do this for the women too. I think that's, like we said, that's something that Tony needs to address. Mm. You know, hopefully maybe the new year, you know, we do something Definitely. like this. Definitely. Like... We, we just saw how, how well this has worked to showcase the likes of like Daniel Garcia, for example, who really, really shone throughout all of this match. He might not have like, you know, been very uh, effective with the points, but you know what? You walked away from his matches with more and more respect for him. And this is what you do with your young stars. You actually build them up. And how do you think that that would do for the women? What do you think that that would do for the women to give them not only extra screen time, but actually showcase the caliber of talent that you have sitting in catering? Like, Tony, wake up. Sorry, my rant is over. But the thing is, there's two things for me that kind of annoy me about AW. There's more than two things sometimes. Yeah. But... It's like, you know, the lack of women's matches and or treatment even of stories. And the other one as well mm. is the amount of turns. And we saw yet another yeah. turn with Sammy Guevara um, kind of turning, moving away from the Don Callis family, even though he's not really been there, to kind of team with Chris Jericho. I know Kenny Omega, you know, with his injury, he's not about to make it. But again, it just felt <laughs> so sudden that it's lost its impact, you know? Well, I mean, he did... did... Sammy really even do much with the Tom Callis family. Like he, he he'd only just sort of joined it just before he went off on paternity leave. Congratulations to him and Ty Mello. However, you literally come back and he's like he's turning into another Charlotte Flair and and Big Show. Like you actually don't know whether or not he's here or face. Like, my my issue you know. is as well. So but again, it feels like a lot of wrestlers in AEW this year has not done a lot. So Eddie Kingston I don't think, you know, in AEW has done really anything apart from the end of the year. You know, like, and, and I think there's a few of them where the talent just, like, either wait for moments or whatever mm. it is. And I think with the content yeah. classic to see that talent, you know, those same wrestlers week in, week out, shows that we don't need 200 wrestlers on the roster. We don't need a new re- wrestler debuting every week. Use what you got, you know. Mm. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, we'll exactly. talk in a minute. Um, anyway, Blue League <laughs> final, <laughs> Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. In the end, the fans' emotional investment in Kingston was rewarded in the form of the win over Danielson, who was openly mocking the Ring of Honor champion, the idea that he could defeat him. After the match, Moxley interrupted Kingston's celebration and demanded his friend's best Saturday night. Uh, Monty, this was great, wasn't it? Because, again, Kingston's journey, he was behind in this. You've seen this before. Cause I've heard they've done it in Japan. Uh, but <laughs> this was all about yeah. Kingston getting a big win. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, again, it was an awesome moment, like you said, rewarding the people uh, who've just been invested from Eddie from the start. It, you know, it took them a while. It took Tony a while, and maybe that's what it is. I know you guys were just talking about it with the women's division. Maybe that's what it'll take for Tony. It shouldn't take three, two to three years for him to understand <laughs> that, that, that the demand is for more women on the show or more storylines for the women and just more involvement in general, but uh Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he, he catches on a little bit late if it's not something that he immediately is a mark for himself. And I think that's what it is with Eddie. Eddie had, has had that connection with the people from the very beginning. So 
you know, it was to the point to where not not that I have a problem with it because I get it because maybe it's because of how Eddie looks or maybe it's because he's unconventional. But uh, even when Brian is kind of mocking him, it's like at this point, it is proven to be so good. The mocking don't make it didn't make it haven't made much sense to me since. He beat Claudio. Like he's already proven to you guys that he's cha- world championship, and like you know, he's he's valuable. And he's he's not he's not really the underdog the way you would expect, but he's the underdog because basically we know that he hasn't been booked really well over the however long it has been. So I was really really elated that they gave him this victory because like you know, and I thought it was the right thing to do. I think that's one that, at the end of the day. That's what you want when you're watching these shows. You know, like you said, the wrestling in the Continental Classic from everyone down the line has been great. And I don't, and I think me, I think all of us can agree with the talent that AEW has. We rarely ever is questioning the wrestling. The wrestling is really the main thing that draws people and keeps them there. They, they, not that they don't have a few embarrassing matches or bad moments, but it's always a decision making when it comes to story. Or like you said, turns and just angle related stuff. That is the stuff that usually turns me off when it comes to AEW. Speaking for myself, so to see them, like you said, execute a story through a tournament, tell multiple stories in that tournament, and actually seem like they knew what they were doing and actually had a direction that they wanted to go with the end result. I think, uh, or like getting setting up the finals the way they did. I think uh, I have to give you know hats off to them, and it's just something. I always wonder why don't we see more tournaments like this? And there's plenty of reasons over the years now that I've just paid attention. Like they're they're not necessarily easy to book. Like they, you know, just because New Japan do it every year and do multiple tournaments a year, that doesn't mean that's an easy way to do things. Like you have to put a lot of uh, faith in not only the talent to be able to do that, but also the, the fans. They have to be invested. Maybe some maybe some companies are different times. You're not necessarily confident that they can hold the people's attention span without throwing uh, some storyline in there. Because a lot of this Continental Classic stuff was pure, uh, you know, competition and pure wrestling. And I think it's kind of awesome to me that, in my opinion, the highlight of these at the build the world's end, the highlight of it was the wrestling based stuff. And a lot of times the thing that frustrated you about AEW going into this build was the other stuff, you know what I mean? Or confused you going into yeah. World's End was the other stuff. And I just think this was a perfect moment to capsulate not only great wrestling, but they actually told a good story too. Yeah. I, the other thing as well, just, just to finish this kind of little thing off, for me, my only other like, kind of annoyance is the fact that we don't really know who the main event talents are. It's not really like a you know, main event, mid-card, bottom card. I know there should be, and maybe, maybe people should, but it's like... You know, we talk about Eddie Kingston. Where is he? Is he a main event talent? Is he a Samus Mox or a Jericho? Or is he like a Miro or, as we saw around Jarday? Or what about like Malachi Black? You know, like we, we don't, you know what I'm saying? It, that's what I kind of would want a little bit more of. To view and the interesting thing is I think like the fans, I think we view Malachi like a main event <laughs> or a possible main event guy, but he hasn't had a single match the entire year last year. <laughs> so, like, it's very, it's very crazy when you think about it. Anyway, uh, back to uh, Dynamite Sky Blue pin Chris Statlander. Chris hadn't been pinned in 19 months. And then the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship match, it sure started late. Joe had a knee injury that took him out of the clash, so MJF fought alone. 
and uh, another masked man hit with a pipe, and he was pinned off the heat seeker. So after all that, it ended like this: two masked men holding the ring of the tag titles. Joe hit the ring, chased new champions, and known as the Devil's Masked Man, I guess. Back inside, he helped him Jeff to his feet, only to blast him with a chair. And him and the devil, yes, one of my favourite words, were in cahoots. Um, Gina, I don't know if you've watched any of WCW from 2000, but this was pretty close. What were your, what were your thoughts <laughs> on this? Um, definitely haven't watched any WCW or anything that like can I can recall or remember. But... Um, in a way, I want to say I saw it coming, but I didn't start thinking about the storyline on who it could be until the very end, if that makes sense. So once I started to think about the storyline, that's when I thought, right, this is kind of all setting into place now and what they've been dropping in, you know, hints and Easter eggs, especially with, you know, backstage stuff that we've seen with Adam Cole since his injury, because he's still been quite active in being shown on AEW TV, whether that be with, you know, Roderick Strong doing you know, house chores for him or just being on FaceTime to MJF. Um, so I I definitely had a feeling there was going to be involvement there. Um, but it's, it's very interesting. I think it's even more interesting to see who was within the group as well that was helping with these devils, you know, um, and the main one being Wardlow. Because, again, it's kind of like, are we going to get a sort of Luchasaurus 2.0 here? <laughs> Well, well, we'll find out. We'll go into more detail about that. But for the Ring of Honor tag titles to kind of change hands like that is a bit weird. But anyway, we've done the catch-up. It's now time for Wells End. So December 30th, and we start with a 90-minute zero hour. Yes, just what we want. Uh, Renee Paquette and our RJ City minding the shop. Keith Lee is injured, so Dustin Reynolds is taking his place. I wonder when Keith Lee will get another chance at a singles match at a pay-per-view. I wonder. You know, just put that out there. Um, last pay-per-view single match for Dustin was Double or Nothing 2020 versus Sean Spears. Little fact. Uh, Double J joins the two R's. Uh, and we then confirm the three titles can be defended separately as part of the Triple Crown, Crown for the Continental Classic. Stokely Halfway joins Nigel Excalibur and Taz and Comptry. For our first match, which is Willow Nightingale versus Chris Statlander. They shook hands to show respect before locking up. The uh, crowd didn't seem to know who to root for at times, but that's the risk when you run bouts like this. It picked up as it went. There's a few close botches, but Willow was able to hit the Dr. Bomb for the win. So, Jaxie, why don't you start us off? What are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for, for a zero-hour show... This is a pretty decent showing between both Willow and Chris. I think uh, both of them ha uh, had their sort of high moments um, and really were able to kind of show off their strength levels. Um, you know, we kind of saw, uh, you know, what what both of them could do when they teamed up against Diamante and Mercedes. So um, it wasn't like a b about a battle of strength. Um but really just got kind of a battle of technique. And to be honest, like you like you rightly said, uh, I was right there alongside the audience, not really knowing who to um who to chant for and who to cheer for. I like both women. Um I think they both really worked well together and even though there were a couple of botches, 
um they weren't they weren't too noticeable um and they didn't do anything that took away from like the level of wrestling that both women performed so you know i i enjoyed it for what it was and the fact that it was a zero hour uh match uh kind of came across well um i i thought in my opinion so i thought they did well and i enjoyed it for the opening match and again, like you said, three women's matches, even though it's a zero, but three over like a, what is it, 12, 30 mm. match card, is still a lot better mm. than it has been. You know, there has been exactly. one women's matches before, haven't there? Yeah, exactly. I think that um, if if they'd have uh, built, uh, had more time to build towards this match, I think it even could have been one that people were would have looked forward to being even being on the zero hour in the first place um but even though it was on the zero hour it still did really well in my opinion what would you score this out of five i mean i think it actually did well i think both women did well so i'm i'm happy to give it like a three and a half three and a half there uh yeah i mean i think chris has fizzled out recently she's lost two matches now after not losing for 90 months like buses but willow should have a big 2024 20, uh gina what you score this out of five, and you're the only one that went Willow here as well, so you you must know something. <laughs> no, definitely not. But I think three and a half is fair for the match, and I agree with what you guys say. I mean, it it does feel a bit lackluster because you had Chris come back, and you know she came back on this high and taking the TBS belt, but it just seems like it's been downfall since. So yeah, is it is a little bit like okay, well, what are they gonna? do with Chris now but it was still a good match and I think it helped elevate Willow even more she's such a lovable character and it, I think it just helps you know working with Chris because she is a bit more of a veteran um so it, it worked for Willow and I'm glad I went with her but yeah it, it still does pan the question of what what do we do with Chris now yeah it's an interesting one to see what we do uh Monty I mean the only negative like I say to the finish was rough as arseholes but again, <laughs> I'm yeah, it was sloppy. It was sloppy. Yeah, it was sloppy towards the end there. Uh, I think I'm not gonna say I overall. I think I saw someone the night of. I wrote it down here that they said uh, they believe that they don't have the best chemistry together as opponents yet because of how much they team. And I'm like, that's probably a fair point to make. Maybe they need to, you know, do more against the. Had they, you know, recently they've been teaming a lot. I, I don't know how much. Have they actually just been in the ring against each other? And like you said, everything about this felt kind of thrown together and random. Not that that's any fault to the lady. You know, it's just one of those things where I feel like he wanted these girls to get a pay-per-view check. And, you know, kudos to that. And I think uh, that's why we kind of got this here, even though I do think it was a big win for Willow and uh, it worked out in that retrospect. But yeah, it was was solid, but definitely not either, either girl's best showing. But I think uh, you know, and as far as Chris losing uh, now, I, I think she still has a chance to do some big things next year. Uh, and with someone like someone with her talent and her size and all of that, you can always, uh, you know, just put her. She's very, very dependable, I think, is the best way to kind of describe where Chris is, in my opinion. And uh, the thing is, you have so many heels and so many turns in AW. You don't necessarily know if it's time. I don't think you should rush it and turn her heel or anything like that. But I do believe that, uh, you know, we'll just have to keep an eye on her. And I think Willow, this is the time Willow should be contending for a, for a, one of the championships or, you know, maybe even making a run at both at some point. You never know. Like one, try TBS, then try TNT. But I do think she's a value. She could be big. She could be really, really big for them uh, if they play their cards right. 
So, uh, but yeah, overall, I give it like three and a quarter. I thought it was solid, but it definitely had a, a last five minutes maybe that wasn't <laughs> the best. But yeah, I don't think uh, anymore. I don't think they did anything wrong. It wasn't horrible. No, I doubt. Uh, I'll give it three and three quarters. Predictions, everyone for Chris, apart from Gina. So it means Gina's on one and the rest are on zero. And it means I can no longer catch Monty in the bonus league. Uh, Gina still can, though. Serena Deeb is returning. She's been in a straight jacket. That's why she's been away. It took her ages to get out. 20-man battle roll next. The winner of the match was awarded a TNT title shot that was able to deem at a time and place of the choosing. Nothing like the Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, competitors included names such as Dan Housen, Brian Keith, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, Dalton Castle. You know, the creme de la creme of AEW talent. Uh, we saw some fun interactions and moments. We saw Lance Archer uh, and Killswitch, do- Killswitch dominate the action and scored the most eliminations. But it came down to Trent Barretta and Killswitch at the end. The Christian Cage protege was able to get the win. Uh, Gina, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, for me, I just thought there's just too many wrestlers not needed in AEW. Yeah, I mean, so can I just say, back when, on our previous pod, when we were doing our predictions for this show, I didn't give a prediction for this match, but I did talk about the match, and I said that it would just make sense to make Killswitch win it. So can I just say, I'm not expecting a point, but I'm just saying I did mention that Killswitch might win it, so I'm giving myself a pat on the back for that. But, um, yeah, like you said, there's just so much talent. Some people that came out, you were like, oh, shit, I forgot he was even here, sort of thing. You know, it's it's so much talent, and they're just sat backstage for these novelty matches, you know. That's all they're there for, just to be here for a novelty match and fill out the space. But we all know that who the final four it will be down to, you know, or something like that. So, yeah, it's a bit... um. It's a bit hard because you see characters and you're like, oh, that would be great to see them more on TV. But also, what are they going to do with them at this point? Because they've got too many people on their roster. Well, also, don't forget, Butcher and Blade have written in the contracts they only compete in battle royals. So, you know, there are certain things like that. (laughs) Well, that's a bit silly. (laughs) (laughs) It's a battle royal. I mean, what else could be really said about it? I will say Kip Sabian did a tribute to Mad Kurt. Excalibur called him commentary and gave his condolences to the family of Curtis Chapman, who wrestled for Red Pro and was only 26. Uh, that is a shame. Uh, but Monty, again, but it's about a royal, so there's not really much can be said about it, you know. But again, it's just we don't need this talent. We can get rid of we can get rid of half the people in the ring. Man, besides Lance Archer and. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to. Th- I, Dalton Castle is a former Ring of Honor champion, so I love him. I but at the same time, yeah, Dalton Castle is someone else. Like but, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like man, it that that's my beef. My biggest beef is at least put one or two other people that feel like they can possibly win <laughs> this match. Like that's the only problem. Like no, and no, not to take any of their pat off your back for predicting kill switch, but once we saw who was in the match. <laughs> I would it, like it kills, which was the only choice to make, especially with the who was going to be involved with the TNT title. So, yeah, no, uh, it, it was, yeah, like you said, it was a yeah. subpar or just your run of the meal battle royal. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about it, but at the same time, you know, 
we could have done without the match, honestly. Just say, ah, right, Kill Switch is next. Well, back in the old days, <laughs> this would have been on the pay-per-view. So, at least I'm glad uh, fair point. Uh, for that. Um, also, there's a sign that said CM Punk is a con artist. So, I'm glad that fan's over it, you know. Uh, just in case. No <laughs> yeah, he's processing the news pretty well. Yeah, fine. Uh, all right, Gina. So, what would your score for this battle royal be? Oh my god, I I don't really, I don't really rate it highly because again, it was kind of just obvious on what was going to happen in this entire match, and it, therefore it wasn't really needed. So, I think even giving it a three is nice. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Monty, what would you score? Yeah, I'm not uh, two, 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 two and a half. Like, yeah, whatever, whatever you give, just basic stuff. Yeah, and uh, Jack, see, this for me was just a waste of time. I don't know what you thought, and what's your score? This was completely a waste of time. Um, you know, obviously, given when you when you're when you watch the whole event, after you've watched the whole event, you realize how much that match was a waste of time. So that's what I mean by that. Um, you know, again, you guys touched on some some uh, important points of, oh, I forgot about this wrestler being signed to AEW because he's never used. And it just makes you think, again, what are you doing with this talent? If you're not going to showcase them, like um, maybe put them on, uh, like let them work elsewhere or put them on other promotions. I don't know. Um, again, I'm going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to give it two and three quarters. Um, but yeah, this match really did nothing for me. I actually feel like I was more entertained watching Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander one-on-one than watching 20 men in the ring. Like, yeah. And usually I don't mind 20 men in the ring, but you know, <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give it um, a three and we're going to move on. Uh, predictions, non-applicable as uh, Gina pointed out. And again, she's not annoyed by that. So it means Gene is on one and the rest are on zeros. We've got Hook versus Wheeler, Utah, FTW Championship. Utah tried to jump Hook as soon as he got to the ring, but the FTW champ came in swinging. They put on a decent match that made good use of weapons without making them the only source of offense. Hook retained his title by submission using red rum. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts? And, and again, as I said earlier, Hook's 2023, much like most AEW talent, just hasn't got anywhere. Yeah, it's one of those things where you assume big things, you know, because he's he again he was on that run when he debuted of just just feeling like one of the freshest talents, uh, or just in general, just everyone I think was looking forward to what he would do, uh, you know, one on one. But I think honestly, the stipulation may have did this match a disservice. You know, honestly, it was no DQ, and uh, you know you had. Honestly, they really couldn't do much because we knew what was coming later, if you really knew what I mean. And it's just like, besides that fact, you just kind of, one of the things with him being the pure, with uh, with Yuta being the pure champion, it's just like, all right, FTW rules, we can go into this match, we can expect that Hook is going to come out on top. Uh, It was was tough to watch, man, you know, uh, it was in my opinion, but I wouldn't say it was bad. I don't want to say it was awful, but, you know, honestly, it was just one of those things where, you know, you would think it would have been more of an extreme match with the LCW rules, but I knew, I understand that they really it probably wasn't much that they could do. 
especially when you got both of those belts, even though the FTW rules is not something they use all the time. So honestly, it's like, why, they, why not just let them go and have a regular match? But it is what it is. I don't think this was bad. Uh, and I, you know, but it was one of those things where on a night that all that kind of had an energy, and I'll talk about that as we get deeper into the show, that the energy just was very off for something or AEW pay-per-view if you compare it to the rest of it. This was one of those moments at the very beginning where I was like, okay, I don't know. I was expecting a little bit more uh, from both guys, but, you know, it was still solid nonetheless. Yeah, I agree. The crowd was quite quiet. Uh, Jackson, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I have to agree with a lot of what Monty said about this match. Thing is, um, we've seen great work between uh, Wheeler Utah and Hook before. So um, that's not to take away from what they can do in the ring. We know that they work well together. We know that, like, you know, things go well. But for some reason, like, they're, I don't know if it was, like, kind of lack of build-up to this match or whatever, but it didn't really feel, like, this match didn't feel important and, like, to me, like in in the grand scheme of things, like important in terms of leading from a storyline or anything, it kind of felt like it just kind of was put on there so that, you know, there was a bit of like sort of uh, no DQ uh, play about stuff before the main the main show starts, you know. Um, I think that both Hook and Utah work well together um, and can do a lot more i just i don't know why but something wasn't really connecting in this match for me so like i i didn't enjoy it as much as their previous match that they had and and i think um you know they, they've done a lot of good work building up a feud between them that you can continue to build up um but this match didn't do anything for that in my opinion um i also i'm just kind of like i'm at a loss as to what tony's plan going into 2024 with Hook is going to be because as you said he he started off quite hot because of his debut and everything um you know and even had the likes of Post Malone coming out doing the actual music which is his you know track his opening yeah, entrance um so you know that, that there's been some high moments for for Hook and it's this match hasn't taken away from that but I just don't think it did anything for either either man and I'm I'm not sure where what his plans in the future for Hook is when especially when when Hook um uh uh came did I said post name didn't I I meant Action Bronson sorry um yeah when Hook is teaming with like all these different people you you've had him like team with Dan Housing you've had him team with Orange Cassidy and he's a bit of a floater so it's like is there any key direction for Hook going forward um into 2024 that's what i want to guess at because i don't want Hulk to become another forgotten face in the background that's only going to be turning up in battle royales you know in six months time so um i'm just kind of like confused as to where things go for hook at this point um but we'll see hopefully um this match was there i did what it needed to do uh, i'm gonna give it a three and a quarter i just kind of wasn't invested so monty what would you score it Yeah, I think three, three and a quarter, three. Yeah, three and a quarter is probably very fair. Like I said, overall, I would say it's forgettable, and I think that that, like you said, that doesn't do either of these two young guys any favor. And Gina, what were your thoughts and what were you score it? 
No, I agree with the same. Um, it 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 was kind of there. I'm I'm interested to see you know these two in the future, but I think like at the moment it just wasn't working for this type of pay per view. Um, so it was just there and it added to the time on this big match card, you know. So three and a quarter is fair enough for me. Yeah, I think three and a quarter all round. Her predictions: we all went hook. So Gina's on two, the rest of us on one. Main show, we get eight competitors from the Continental Classic and an eight-man tag match. Danielson, Claudio, Briscoe and Garcia versus White, King, Lethal and Roosh. Matt Menard's on commentary to support Garcia, who was upset that King wouldn't stop eyeballing him due to the entrances. Danielson's entrance stopped Garcia from doing his signature dance. Roosh and Claudio started for the teams and a great exchange of stiff strikes to set the pace. When one man tagged out, so did the other competitor they were facing, so we got several different combinations within the first few minutes. Danielson's chest was still bruised from his match against Kingston, so every chop he took looked extra brutal. Everyone looked good, but Garcia was the star of the match. The crowd, the announcers, all seemed to come alive a bit more when he was in the ring. After an exciting final sequence, Garcia picked up the win for his team by pinning Lethal. Uh, Jaxi, what are your thoughts? Great way to start the show. I mean, this was this was pretty heated from the get go. Like, this is this definitely did what it needed to do, which was like to like rile the the crowd up and actually get them like, you know, starting to to build up and and shout up. Um, so this was this was great fun to actually see all competitors from the Continental Classic. Um, it was a it was put together very last minute, wasn't it? This wasn't one of the matches that had been built up from from a while. So I think this was like announced a day or two just before. Um, yeah. the event but overall I still think it was really well done um it again showcased every wrestler uh really well it within the continental classic um by putting them in this match um I don't know what's happening between daddy magic Daniel Garcia and Brody King but I'm all here for it I don't know what's happening but I just kind of want to see some some sort of story build because there's serious animosity between Brody King and Daddy Magic and we still have not had a match between those two to, as far to my recollection or do you know if they have they had a match no no I don't yet? think they have like literally no, I was, no. I was thinking about this. and also another one and again talk about in match I don't know if we've had a hmm. Danielson versus Jay White one on one match but we might have Ooh. done but I can't not off the top of my head Monty if they haven't yeah Monty do you know I think Danielson. No, I, I mean I doubt it. Danielson, Danielson was in America, so no. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. so no. Jay White's yeah. whole career has been like since 2016, so no. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm definitely up for that as a dream match at some point. But yeah, I couldn't help but feel during this match that there was a lot of my attention on Daddy Magic and Brody King, and I just couldn't help but think to myself. I don't think we've seen them one-on-one and I'd like to see that, you know? So um, hopefully going into 2024, they'll continue building on whatever storyline this is and, and pay it off with like a one-on-one match. I'd like to see that. Um, but yeah, like I think it did what it did. I, I was disappointed with the outcome predominantly because I feel like the heels um, being Brody, Jay White, Jay Lethal and Roosh, uh, didn't do kind of that well individually within the Continental Classic. So I thought, oh, by all coming together, they might pick up the overall win here. Um, but I'm not I'm not mad at like either. I wouldn't have been mad either way at either win. But I was disappointed for the heel team because I feel like 
they, they could have done with a bit more because they've they've really been showcased quite bad in a lot of the matches anyway. Um, yeah. So, but it was overall a good match. Um, you know, I I I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I think I gave this like a a four um, because I actually thought it's good. So. Yeah, uh, like I said, a really fun way to start the show. Gina, again, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, and the, we talked about Garcia breaking out, but we've been here before. You know, he's beaten Danielson. You know, it looks like he was going to turn on Jericho last year and they kind of stopped it. What's to say if that's going to happen again, you know? Yeah, it feels like the same kind of storyline that they keep going back and forth with, sort of within each sort of faction. But um, I think like, you know, Garcia, like you all said, has come out hot from this this Continental Classic. But what do they do with him here? Are they going to do the exact same thing as they have done? And, you know, maybe tease him going away from from the group entirely and going off on his own? Or is he going to go from one group to another, join House of Black? You know, what what are they going to do with him next? And I think that will determine whether he actually kind of continues a rise or whether he kind of goes stalemate. I completely agree. What would you score this out of five? Uh, I give it a four. Give it a four. Um, Monty, I get your thoughts, but I should say predictions on this because Jackson Jr. went for the hills. Monty and I went faces. means James Monty Jr. on two, Jackson one. But it also means that Monty cannot be caught and is the bonus league winner. So, well done, Monty. He won the bonus league 16 yeah. to 15, James and Gina. You did it, son. You said that. <laughs> you wanted the win. That's it. That's all I need is to win a league. I started off strong. Well uh, done, I wasn't Monty. confident in my predictions, so I was, I was able to get a couple. NXT really helped me because I, I know I got a couple of them perfect. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just... Again, very, very proud. Glad it worked out. <laughs> well, I'm so pleased, like I said, Gina won the WWE League and you've won the Bonus League. You know, I couldn't think of two better people. Uh, I couldn't think of anybody else I'd rather win, you know. Um... <laughs> Fuck you, James. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Like, he's actually asking for a punch one day, I swear. Oh, I love this show so much. Uh, yeah, so that's two more points. Monty, so it means the scores right now. We're going to get updated scores. Jack C on 21, Gina on 31. But it now means right at this moment that James and Monty are tied on 34. And I've not even planned this. You know, it's not like the Continental Classic. This is this is just what's happened. I think that's crazy, man. Nice. You know? Yeah, it's the thing. You know, like you said, uh, especially when I told you that my end-of-year predictions were probably going to net me zero, and they, they ended up being part of the reason why I'm even remotely close. So, yeah, it's crazy how you you, you always warned me, and that's why this year uh, when we have to do it, I'm just going to put down names, even if I don't think they're going to be there in, in the company anymore because I'm just going to take those extra points. They, you said that that would come back and uh, it would put, the bonus league will be important. So here we are. <laughs> Jaxie, don't worry, though. There is still 21 points on the line or around that. So wow. there's still a chance. You know, it's not, it's not, it's like Eurovision. Slim chance. After the first half. No, you, you might change what? with a few. No, I'm, I'm Eddie. I'm, I'm Eddie Kingston, you know? 
I started off on the bottom and watch. I'm just going to come out on top. Just wait for it. <laughs> Unless it's Eddie Kingston, like 2020. But we're... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I meant Eddie Kingston, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, yeah, Monty, what did you think of the open? <laughs> we, we went off feast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about, <laughs> forgot about that. But yeah, the, the match itself, uh, like you guys mentioned, was really, really good, especially with context. When you understand that it was thrown together and it was one of those situations where they were like, well, we have a lot of great wrestlers who uh, were, all, were in the Continental Classic. Let's use them. And, uh, you know, even if it doesn't have much of a bill, these guys are great enough. They'll figure it out. That's more of what I'm talking about when I mention my frustrations with AEW sometimes because they, they, they sometimes I think Tony or whoever makes the decision is like, ah, I have some of the best wrestlers in the world. I don't have to come up with any creative plan. They let's just throw them out there and the people will enjoy. It. And this ended up being one of those situations where, you know, you, you're damn right. You got some of the best wrestlers in the world and it ended up being an enjoyable result. You guys were really on the money. I think the Danielson Jay White stuff, I don't know when we will get that, but that's very interesting for the future. You know, Daniel Garcia, Brody King, or just Daniel Garcia in general, what could possibly be going on? And will they get it right this time? James, you make a really good point. They seem he seemed like he was on the cusp of being one of the top tier talents, uh, you know, for a while there with his feud with Brian Danielson. And then they kind of seemingly forgot all about him and made him a sports entertainer. Which I will say that overall, when you get adding the dance, I guess it kind of worked out. But at the same time, you know, like I said, I felt like as far as in the ring and as far as wrestling, he's been a finished product and able to be one of the best in AEW for a while now. So it's kind of cool. And I hope that they understand what they have there. But when it comes to AEW, like you mentioned before, have so much talent. It's a lot of guys that could be on the cusp of world championship, um, you know, aspirations or just being very, very important in AEW like Jay White or like some other people in this match. So, you know, again, this was uh, really, really good. I thought the talent, the talent that we had on display there really shone through any of the mistake, any of the mistakes made booking-wise or any of the randomness that the match made. I think the talent made up for it. So this is a really good way to open up the show. Uh, and, you know, Zero Hour was kind of uh, dead, but this one uh, was something that was – Kind of okay. All right, this show has the potential here. Let's see what they do after this. Yeah, like I said, really good match. Uh, we move on to Miro versus Andrade El Edalo. Uh, the Redeemer went after Andrade before he could even get his entrance jacket off. Whether Miro had a chance, he would talk trash to his wife, and she would talk just as much trash right back to him. Both men survived long periods in submission holds, and Perry ended up turning on Andrade. Who saw that coming? and helping Miro break out the figure eight. This paved the way for Miro to lock in his finisher for the submission win. This match had a much slower pace than everything else, and the second half of the match was much better than the first, but I think there was a little bit of a disconnect with the crowd, possibly due to the rumours of Andrade leaving. Uh, and Monty, I mean, what are your thoughts on this match? And I wonder if Andrade will yeah. be happy back in WWE, because, again, there's a few wrestlers that the grass isn't always greener, shall we say? Yeah, uh, I 100% agree. I, I, but, you know, the thing is with Andrade, I think WWE even should realize, like, first of all, not only has he taken care of himself and, uh, you know, and he's done, uh, he's done, even though AEW just couldn't find much to do with him, I feel like other than, like, the, the Matt Hardy 
uh, financial office or whatever the hell they were. <laughs> the Bad Hardy, the Hardy family. Other than that, when they merged those uh, groups oh, together, and he just, Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. I Other than that, that <laughs> yeah, they had him in that group for way too long, by the way. But other than that, and the stuff with Sammy Guevara that had that you know presumably happened backstage, he really did really good in my opinion. But when, when they finally focused him and allowed him to just do what he do best, and that is be one of the best in ring talents that you that you have. Like we saw it in NXT, everyone loves talking about uh, that certain era. Well, Andrade was an NXT champion during that Black and Gold era, or and had put on, put on some of the best matches before that and after that. In WWE. So I think uh, you're 100% right. The grass isn't always greener when it comes to decision-making and booking sometimes. You just go to a place and just come to find out where everyone's here. So now they have to find something for you. It it has to make sense. And it just he had no direction for much of his AEW run. And I'm pretty sure that both sides, WWE and Andrade, will be happy to be, you know, joined back together. Because not only can you see plenty of potential places the WWE could go with Andrade, it's also just at the end of the day, you know, um, you just want, hey, he's gonna he's gonna be back with his wife. You know, he's able to they can they can travel together. He's gonna, you know, the schedules, who knows? You know, at the end of the day, especially with everything Charlotte is going through with her injuries and all of that, I'm happy for them personally that they get to spend uh more time together in that retrospect. Because as much as I believe it can be done, like we see it with Rhea and Buddy and all of that. At the end of the day, if you can hit the road together, you can't tell me that's not better when you're with your significant other, and especially when you're married and all that type of stuff. So that's another personal aspect of it that makes it better. <laughs> it but is Charlotte, it, though. I mean, I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Charlotte needs love, too. <laughs> and can I just say as well, we'll bring this up. I'm still not over Andrade beating Drew McIntyre for the NC title. I'm sorry, <laughs> but if we're going to go back... Right, yeah. She was awesome, by the way. It was an awesome match, but yeah. I know you, of course, you're not over it, but it was perfect. Zelina was there. Come on now. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> Andrade is going to do big things. This match itself was awkward. I think, like you said, the fans kind of knew that the, that the fix was in, that this was in. I kind of told you guys in my prediction, I didn't think Andrade, I think he had one foot out of the door, which just shows you how amazing of a wrestler he is. He was in the Continental Classic knowing that this was it. And he was wrestling his ass off, man. Like, that just show you how good Andrade is, in my opinion, just the, the quality, because he didn't phone it in, in my opinion. Even in this match, even though the energy and the paces was that was different and all of that, I don't think he phoned in. I think he worked his ass off. But the problem with this one is, like you said, all of the weird stuff with CJ. I mean, like you said, we should be past this. Why is someone who's married to the woman battling someone else who – really don't really have a horse in this race, but just, just doing their job, basically. <laughs> but he's defending someone. Like, it's, it's just such a weird-ass story that I'm glad. I'm, ha- I'm hoping that they're done with it. Just let's move on. CJ do not do not need a new client or anything that, that's going to threaten Miro. Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do next, honestly. It was such a weird-ass story to me, but I, I just hope it's over. But Miro winning here, I just figured that was the right thing to do because Miro... He, his contract is not up, so we'll see where he can be returned okay, to WWE soon, there's too. Another there's another wrestler who's, what's he done this year? Like, again, yeah. just too many. He sat at know, home most um, of it. Sat at home most of the year. Yeah. Uh, again, we talk about CJ and Jaxie. I know you don't like women in wrestling, especially managers, um, but, you know, with CJ, I think she needs maybe a little bit of work because she started calling herself Lana during this. 
uh, and even shouting it out at one point. <laughs> she actually shouted out Lana's infected finger, which sounds like a Roald Dahl book. She and she, she's the one that said it. <laughs> so that's she she articulated of Lana. Oh, for... <laughs> yes. You yeah. idiot. She... <laughs> thing is right so i obviously chose the wrong choice here um this was before so i made this prediction before i actually saw the confirmed like news i was really trying to stay off of uh twitter before yeah, we were doing the shit. <laughs> yeah fuck you yeah no, fuck you um but yeah i i think when it when it came out, I I kind of realised I messed up, and I just thought, Do you know what? Even if I actually message you, James, and say, "Can I change my answer now that seeing this?" I thought to myself, everyone on the pod just heard me actually say Andrade, so they're just going to think that I've just like cheated somehow, and I didn't want that. Um, I just I just feel like this match really didn't do anything for either man. I think it was a great match and a great way to send off Andrade, yes, but I don't think it did anything for, you know, Miro, who is staying with the company going forward. Uh, CJ, what was the point in all all of this? You tried to you tried to like um do something with action Andrade. He got beat to rass by your by your man and I can't help but feel like you just wanted it to get this boy beat up, beaten up. And then you you join Andrade just to turn on him for the I just I don't I, again the cogs are turning but I'm not I don't understand any of this this to me just felt like a, a husband and his wife had a massive argument but before yeah, they let out she some steam. Up, I'm not gonna lie before, yeah. they did let out <laughs> you know wherever they had yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like you fucking <laughs> asshole yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I it, it basically felt like these two had a massive argument just before yeah. she turned up to save his ass um, at, at whichever event it was and made her yeah, debut, her, uh, you know? Heart, and because yeah. of, like, they had a massive argument, he was like, fuck this, I don't even want to acknowledge you. So he walks off and then they build it into a storyline. That's what it felt like, because <laughs> it felt like there was no reason as to her debuting, coming back and then being like, nah, I'm not feeding you, just for you to turn on your client. So, like the, yeah. it, again, I'm just I'm I'm actually just baffled more than anything as to what what they wanted to tell, what story they wanted to tell. It's Tony's the, book. Whether, it, if any, right? it, it told the story that Andrade is an idiot. Yes, that's, that's what he did. Yeah. 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 He did marry, again. He did marry yeah. Charlotte. So. Of a lover <laughs> like this was actually going to work out in his favor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he really should have <laughs> thought about this, like. Oh, you want to represent me, even though your husband is this murder machine? Yeah, sure, of course you're not going to turn on me. Cool. You know, like, so I'm stupid. I'm stupid for thinking that, you know, based just of talent, like, Andrade was going to pick yeah. up this win and that CJ wasn't going to be... Th- well, to be honest, I didn't actually account for CJ being there. I really did think that, you know, due to everything that she had been battling, um, you know, at the hospital, I thought she might have taken it easy and I wasn't too sure as to whether or not she'd turn up. So I was actually gambling it quite a bit with whether or not she would actually turn up. Um, but yeah, I'm not surprised from this turn, but like this match did nothing for me and it's sad to say because I love both these wrestlers. I went... I wish Andrade the best. Um, I hope that Miro has a, a better 2024 where he's actually seen on TV and not just sat at him sulking. 
um, that his wife is getting more screen time than him. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll see. Um, but right now, I'm just I'm I'm left baffled by CJ and and Miro and whatever story they wanted to tell. They're weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean this should be on collision. And um, Gina, I think you'd agree with me, maybe that I'd rather watch House of Black versus FTR than Miro versus Andrade at World's End. Yeah, I definitely would agree. I think others would too. Again, I think because, uh, as you all pointed out, everyone had checked out. Um, they just, you know, wanted to wish Andrade the best and was like, okay, see ya. But no one took this match seriously. So, to be honest, was it needed on the pay-per-view event? Was it needed on the card? You know, the storyline wasn't one that we were all invested in, as we've all clearly made <laughs> um, clear that we were just not interested in. It didn't make sense. So... Yeah, it just felt a little bit pointless to be on this on this match card, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, right, so out of five then, and Monty, what would you score this out of five? Yeah, man. So you learn from Bobby Lashley, Andrade, and Dolph. You stay out of line in or CJ and Miro's business, please. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I th- again, I don't, I don't have a problem with the actual action, other than the weirdness around the story. Three and three quarters is where I go. Yeah, uh, Jaxie. Yeah, I gave this a, a three and a half. And Gina. Um, I'll give it a three and three quarters. Yeah, I gave it three three quarters as well. Predictions: James and Monty went Miro. Jaxie Gina went on Jarde, so it means James and Monty on three. Gina's on two. Jaxie on one. Nigel left Tony S. Uh, at Nigel left, Tony S took his place. Should really put a comment there. Tony Storm versus Rio for the AEW Women's Championship. Storm tried to big time Rio by patting her on the head, but all it did was anger the former women's champion. She tried to slam Storm, but she couldn't get her off the mat. Most of this match saw. Timeless Tony dominate Rio by overpowering her in every exchange. Luther was eventually ejected from ringside for getting involved too many times, giving Rio a chance to make a comeback. Much like the previous bout, this one got better as it went on. The crowd was behind both competitors. Storm ended up retaining what looked like a very awkward modified DDT. Mariah May came out and threw flower petals all over the ring for Storm to celebrate. Um... Gina, what were your thoughts on this? And I don't know if we mentioned it, but I don't think no one's made a gimmick work more in 2023 than Tony Storm as well. She's all in. Pardon the pun. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear that the crowd was behind Tony and they were all loving her. I don't think I've ever heard Riho really get booed before. And she was getting kind of a few boos during this match. So... But again, it wasn't booze because people don't like Riho. They just truly are that much behind Tony at the moment. I mean, she's built this persona up so well. And even I kind of disliked her in the very beginning. And now I've grown to just love every segment that I see her come in on. Um, so, yeah, it's brilliant. And I'm, I didn't really believe that Tony was going to lose the belt here to Riho. But I thought it was a good match. And it was great to show that, you know, Tony can beat like former champions um, and Riho being one of the strongest because she's um, is she a two time uh, AEW women's champ. Um, I'm sure she's two time at she's, least. Uh... I think she's the first ever, isn't she? But again, yeah, 
But I think it was, I think it's still a strong win for Tony overall because, you know, beating past champions kind of puts you up on a level to show that you're on the same wave as they are um, and that you deserve to have the belt in my eyes. So I thought it was a good match overall and I enjoyed it. And the crowd were definitely woken up. If they, if they were quiet before, they were definitely woken up for this match. No, she's only a one-time champ. Uh, but again, like I said, the crowd was good for this. Uh, Monty, uh, the match was good, but again, as we've talked about Tony, reinvention is key to a star, and she's already had like, three or four different careers already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's very, very true. Uh, you know, again, I, 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 really, I love everything she's done, like yeah, storyline-wise, promo-wise, uh, mannerisms, all of that type of stuff. It's very, very cool. It's different. That's the one thing that, that's another thing that when it comes to that, when you're trying to reinvent yourself, you got to do something that no one else is doing. There's nothing really like her right now in wrestling. And I think that's one reason why she's going to, she's pretty much on our TV screen. And that's why she's the champion now. She's on TV screen every week. And that's why she's the champion now. So I give her another, again, 100% nothing but love for that because uh, I think she kind of, not only was she, she won the title two different times, but this year, uh, I mean, this past year, uh, you know, I think that kind of vaulted her to right behind Rhea Ripley, in my opinion, as, as far as like top women of of that last year, because she was able to make uh, something else work so fast to the point to where, it, as much as I would love Sheeta to keep to have kept that belt, it makes sense to that he would go right back to Tony because of just how hot that character, you know, became. And like you said, she's committed to it, whether it's on social media, whether it's uh, when she's a uh, commentary next to Shivani and the crew. Uh, she's just 100 percent all in. And you have to give her love for that. My only problem is and this is one thing and I, and I know you guys are usually and nothing particularly bad happened in this match. But the overall quality and maybe this is me because I watched her four times in stardom. I know what she's capable of Mae Young Classic and. Uh, you know, just when she was uh, in the NXT UK, I know what Tony Storm can do uh, in the ring, even to her, her initial run as a wrestler. Maybe that was a little bit too plain. You needed to do something character-wise to get people invested, and I, and I really get that. But the quality of her matches has taken a slight hit, especially to the point of the, the all, all needing all the antics. And I'm just wondering if the, the commitment to the character of who timeless Tony Storm is has that taken away the edge from her, like in like how she wrestles? Because she didn't, she went for so long not needing any of the help or any of the distractions, any of the weird stuff that happens in a lot of her matches. As timeless Tony's doing, it's just kind of weird to me to see her wrestling completely different. But again, that's part of that commitment. So I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. I just think it's different. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point as well. Like you said, I mean, no doubt Tony was an excellent in ring worker, and now it seems that the couches kind of bang on and that's kind of taken away uh, which is a little bit of a shame and Jaxi as you've talked about the women's division just needs purpose whether that will be rankings or meaning or like I said or mm-hmm. continental classic or, ju- yeah. or just something and we just waited too long I mean, like, I don't think the answer is just, just give one star belts. Really, you know? give them sorry go on. Yeah, give them tag belts you've got, you've got uh, quite a few different women at the moment like that are doing great with tag team work you know um Again, just because it's not worked work for one division doesn't mean it couldn't work for another if given the right amount of screen time and actually an actual dedication to the the women wrestlers, you know, and the and and the trust to for them to carry those belts and make something of them. But give the women something else, 
you know um it's good like you said that we've seen three uh matches on on this card um but give this something a bit give the women something listen more drive give them something more to work towards um at this point uh because of right now uh, there is a lot of insignificance that comes with women's matches because there's no purpose there's no point there's no drive really um so yeah, apart from that, I'm digressing from the actual match. I have to agree with a lot of all of your statements, though. Um, I think that the gimmick that Tony Storm is running with, the character and everything, the dedication she's put into it is really good. But I have to agree with Monty that even watching her on um, slightly a little bit of NXT and even WWE, I, I feel like her work hasn't progressed or anything. There's So I know she could do it much more um, from... from this uh i'm just kind of waiting to see sort of like a, a high caliber match from her i mean i'm quite interested to actually see serena deep um return and then potentially have a match off with uh tony as i'm not too sure whether or not we've really seen these two one-on-one ever or in my opinion i haven't seen that so I, that would be an exciting um sort of potential match uh for her but again really the gimmick is, is the character is what's what's driving uh tony's um uh um what do you call it um draw right now what she's got from the crowd like this hyperness and eagerness of seeing her as her character so we'll see where things go from here but this match was like just kind of there like you said the finish kind of was really flat for me um but then again i actually really don't like tony storm's um, what's her what's her final move called? Her finisher. Well, it used to be a. <laughs> it's, it's not all it was. <laughs> yeah. Um. I just. I don't. Uh, yeah. Whatever it is, I don't think it's well executed because it doesn't really feel like it's a finisher whenever she performs it. So for me, I'm just kind of like I. I kind of want um to see a bit more finesse maybe out of Tony um when it comes to re- the, the wrestling in the ring uh, she's got the character work down and you know like the the mic work down and everything but just you know a bit more finesse in the ring i suppose um but yeah this this match was kind of just there for me yeah uh so scores out of 5 uh Gina what would you score it Um, I'll I'll give it three and three quarters because it was a, it was an okay match, but it also was just there. Uh, Monty, yeah, three and a half. And Jackson, three and a half too. Yeah, three and three quarters predictions. We went Tony to James and Monty on four, Gina on three, Jackson on two. We get Dante Martin interviewed. Orange Cassidy offers him a title match. Great, we're away. Uh, up next, Swerve Strickland versus Dustin Rhodes. Swerve had a main event level entrance and reaction. Rhodes actually won their last encounter by DQ, so Swerve was looking to get his win back. He wasted no time with Jockwick Rhodes as soon as he stepped through the ropes. Nana pulled out a cinder block and Swerve stomped Rhodes' leg through it. Several officials helped Rhodes to his feet. It looked like he would help him out the arena, but he decided to compete anyway. Wasn't a good idea. Uh, match wasn't great, but the last couple of minutes for gained some of the crowd with some trash talking and taunting. But it didn't make much of a difference. Strickland scored the win with a double stomp. Uh, Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this match? And for Swerve, only shitty booking can stop him now. Uh, 
I, 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 I don't want so so any uh, discussion that we have on here. This isn't like a, a against Dustin, okay? But I just feel like they should have just taken this match off the card the minute that Keith Lee announced he was injured. Um, it's not that I don't really feel like that there was a a point to this match. Like I think a one on one match between Dustin Rhodes and Swerve is good, but. Uh, considering it was an already long pay-per-view, I don't really feel like it was necessary to to continue that. And this match really could have been one that that just kind of this this was like a dynamite match or a collision match. Um, without me, like that's no offense to Dustin if that makes sense, but like this match didn't mean anything. There was no significance, yeah. but no no storyline apart from the fact that he's Keith Lee's best friend and or or partner. Um, and and that's fair enough. That's all good and well. But like this this one on one match between Keith Lee and and Swerve was meant was definitely like meant to happen way back when. So like Swerve hasn't done anything remotely right now to Keith Lee to warrant Dustin Rose to be like I want revenge for my best friend, so I'll take his place. You know, so. Yeah, as much Keith, as I love Dustin's yeah, like, as much... Keith, you injured yourself. I need to get revenge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just I, I just feel like as much as this isn't about Dustin, I just don't, and I love Swerve, I just didn't really care for this match because I don't f- feel like this needed to be on World's End. This could have been on D- Dynamite I would, or a Collision. I would much rather had a promo from Swerve than this. Even Swerve yeah, said it was I, a waste yeah. of time, you know? Yeah, I really do feel like having him actually come out so you can still get his music, you can still see Prince Nana, you can still have the crowd dancing along with him, like give the crowd what they want, but have him come out and just cut a promo, like whether or not that's to Keith Lee, whether or not that's addressing, you know, the the promo that he recently did backstage with Samoa Joe and MJF, which was really great, you know, um, he could have he could have just run with it. He really could have. And that could have been like a short five minute segment and, and instead of like this match. So for me, again, this match was pointless, and that's no offense to Dustin. It just didn't need to be here. What would you score it? It feels harsh to give it it, but it's because of it wasn't needed that is getting the score. But I gave it a three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. And I love Swerve. Uh, yeah, no Swerve. This is the only hmm. thing that just didn't it's make just, me it, cuss it out. Yeah. But it just felt yeah. the pay is long enough. We didn't need this. Yeah, you know. Is that? Why don't we? I don't know your thoughts, Monty, but sometimes, like, with WWE, I would say, they know how to treat stars, so you don't need to see them wrestle all the time. And I know Tony was like, oh, Swerve, we promised to wrestle, but when it's meaningless, it doesn't add anything, does it? And he could get injured. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, like, Jackson was just spot on right there, you know, 100%. What what I would have did, and I know Armchair Booker or whatever you want to call it, but... Definitely, just have Swerve come out there, do his interest, and in particular, just say, you don't have to say he's going to be next for whoever wins the main event, but just say he's putting Samoa Joe or MJF on notice, whoever comes out that, you know, the, you know, you're lucky Keith Lee got injured here tonight, because I was, it didn't matter, I was going to injure him anyway, and whoever come out, <laughs> you know, whoever in the main event, just know that you on my next on my list, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, any, you could have just, any, something simple like that, let people see him, Get it out the way, and then we move on because you're 100% right. It was unnecessary. We all knew that this was just basically filler once Keith Lee was hurt anyway. 
And I told you guys before the Keith Lee match that that felt like filler because they just kind of threw the Keith Lee. Well, out of nowhere, Keith Lee gave a promo and this where it was like, you know what, Keith? Yeah, let's fight. Because so it was threw together in the first place, even if Keith was there. So at least they had history to go back on, like you mentioned. So, yeah, it was it was tough. It was uh one of those things to where it was like also after he hurt him, Dustin fighting for it wasn't too long, but he kept fighting for a while. It was just like, come on, man, we know we know what's gonna happen, man. You know, like just just let it go. You you can let it go. I, matter of fact, they could have just did the injury angle and it probably would have been just fine. So yeah, it was a lot of stuff. And then again with the energy, the crowd knew. I'm sitting at home midway through the show, just like you know. At this point, the show just didn't feel that special. The whole entire world in at this point and what's about to come up next is just like, I don't even know what I, why I'm watching this. <laughs> but uh, I'll leave it alone. We'll get, to that. we'll get to this anyway. <laughs> yeah, because it thanks a lot, James. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I love, like you guys said, Swerve was hitting it out the park. But this is a great example, James, of what you just said. And the same thing we talked about with Daniel Garcia. Same thing we said about Darby at one point in time. Anyone who's been on that ride, hell, even Sammy Guevara, uh, you know, in the midst of one of his many TNT title reigns, whoever we thought possibly had a chance to get to that next level, the only thing that can stop them is the inconsistent, bad, and unnecessary booking. And let's just hope they get they get right back on track, which is seem which seemingly like Tony Khan decided to do after this show was worth. What would you score out of five? Uh, three and a three and a half, just for out of respect for the for the two workers because none of that was their fault uh gina i mean like i said it swerves well and we're living in it but again just another unnecessary match on aw pay-per-view yeah i mean they they clearly kept this match or or created this match with dustin just to keep swerve being shown on on a premium uh pay-per-view event you know because he's so hot right now, they figured it would be worse to not have him on the show. But again, I agree with all of you guys. I don't really think the the match was necessary. They should have just cancelled it. It's also kind of made the the storyline of Keith Lee and Swerve just start to feel more and more irrelevant. They just keep visiting this every six months or so. And when we get to the match, they actually have to cancel or rebook due to injuries. So it's just just kill off the the storyline because it's just done. Every time you try it, something worse happens. So um, it was a good match. And the last, you know, 10 minutes of the match was probably the most interesting part of it entirely. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the beginning part was a bit longed out for me. They could have just hurried it up and got it over with. So I gave it a three and uh, three quarters. I do feel a bit sorry for Dustin because I'm pretty sure he announced like 2024 would be his last like in-ring action. And no one gives a fuck about it because of Sting. You know, like Sting's getting a whole rundown <laughs> and pay-per-view and all this. And Dustin, get a match. We don't even want him on pay-per-view. We go, why don't you retire already? Hey? <laughs> I mean, that's true. But it's, also, it's, it's, more so, it's more so like, I'm really sorry that you were put in this position, Dustin, because rightly so, Tony should have just taken this match off the card because this match again, it was a long time coming that everyone was kind of like, oh, we're only just getting this match now. So there wasn't that much significance to this match apart from what what fans would remember from months ago, you know? So any new fans would have, like, 
that that were just checking out the show would have been wouldn't have even cared because in terms of knowing that Keithy was injured and Dustin Rose was replacing him, you know, like there was not much story left behind this for, to warrant for Dustin to take his place. And it's just unfortunate that he was a, he was a victim of um, of booking, bad booking. Like this yeah. just didn't need to happen. Well, I went three and a quarter out of five. Uh, predictions, you all went swerve. So it means James and Monty are on five. Genius on four. Jaxie's on three. Up next, we get Sting, Darby Allen and Jericho and Sammy Guevara battling Takeshita, Hobbs, Big Bill and Starks in the second eight-man tag match of the night. And you could tell the vibe of the arena was different for this bout. People were still singing Jericho's entrance. And Jericho really didn't seem to give a fuck either way. You know, so that's either good or bad dependent on perspective. But every time Jericho was in the ring, you could hear fans reacting negatively. Uh, we're not going to go into details about why, but just Google it, you know. This match is exactly what you would expect it to be. The Hills beat up Derby for a long time until Sting got the hot tag. Had some fun spots, but several awkward moments. Uh, Guevara scored the win for his team with a pin over Ricky Starks. Um, again, this is interesting. Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Because this match... I don't wow. think I've ever watched a match quite like this. It's so weird. So I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get Sting out of the way first because I love him and all respect to Sting and you know everything Darby and Sting uh, have done together has been cool. And uh, he didn't look the best here. And I think this is one of those times where I was like, you know what? I think I think uh, as as great as those aerial maneuvers and some of the stuff we saw Sting do over this recent AEW run. Uh, this is the first time while I looked at him in the mirror, I was like, you know what? I get it. it. Revolution might need to be it. I get it. And it's not, and that's no, that's no shot. I mean, he's basically admitted it himself by announcing the retirement, but you know what I mean? It's just like, it's like, I don't know how much longer he needs to be out there put in these situations. But to be honest, this, this is way bigger than him from the, like you got, you mentioned it, the entrance from Jericho and all of that. I don't know. I wasn't really expecting Jericho to sell it much. He's a worker. He's a worker. He's been doing this a long time. Uh, he's someone who looks up to Vince McMahon, who also had basically had an interest not too long after some allegations and just no laugh. sold it too. You know what I mean? Yeah, no yeah. sold it too. Yeah, I'm not trying to laugh, but you know what exactly what I mean about it. Epstein, just, you know, there was a lot of yeah. He's it's a lot of it's a lot of questionable stuff about Jericho if you really want to look for it. Uh, you know, if you think about it, and uh, so. I'm not surprised that he showed, he just no-sold it and, act, and didn't, it didn't really care. But the, the crowd, some of the people there who like it, who know what's going on, because obviously you knew, because most of the crowd disrespected Jericho throughout the match. So the people who sung it, it was just like, ugh, it just left a bad taste in your mouth. The entire energy of this show, in my opinion, was affected by what Jericho went through earlier that day. And I think, uh, what well, the day before that too, and I think the the thing is about that is every, it it made sense now why the pacing of the show why everything just felt disjointed that that was the best way I could describe the first part of this show all the way up to this in particular moment uh, right here it was just everything about the show just didn't feel like what I'm used to from an AEW pay per view and I think uh, a lot of that had to do with what Jericho had going on and the crowd reflected that too in this match everything he did he was booed even though we know. They're trying to tell the story that he's the baby face. Another big minus to this is that Ricky Starks had to get you know get pinned, or uh, you know, and uh, the, I understand that maybe Sammy and Jericho. It just it sent the wrong message to me that it's like, oh man, that means Jericho and Sammy might be 
challenging for those belts next, as if anyone wants to see that. <laughs> wants to see those see those guys as tag champions right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. That's what we want to see. Like at least let Sting or Darby get the win, so you can get the good pop or something. Maybe and maybe you can just get out of there with. With, without looking weird, and no offense to Sammy, he's another unfortunate bystander of that of that entire mess. But you know, it's just again everything about this just kind of fell off. The match itself was not the best; it wasn't spectacular at all. I told you guys from the beginning that it felt uh, even if Kenny was there, this match kind of felt like uh, uh, unnecessary. I would like to think that maybe if if Kenny was able to go. And uh, every in a perfect world, no allegations, all that. Maybe that this would just would have been a regular, uh, you know, uh, tag match for the tag titles here. And maybe that's what we would have gotten. I don't know, but yeah, everything about this was just kind of weird, awkward, and honestly, that's I feel bad for everyone in that match that wasn't that Chris Jericho because they just it was. I don't know how. I don't really know what they could have done to make anyone come out of that match. Or in in that scenario, I don't know anything you could have done to make it be like, you know what? Despite it all, that was good. I just don't know because I felt like <laughs> from the from as soon as Jericho's music hit to the end, I I just immediately was like, yeah, let's let's just get this out of the way, please. Yeah. Can I ask a question? I don't know if anybody else knows. We mentioned Sting, and it's a great point. But does Sting always paint his hair? I I never thought he did. But he actually did, as in, like, the face paint was black on his brown hair, which I don't know if he did <laughs> for the first time or what. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just me that noticed that. But I was just like, that's a bit of an odd choice. I noticed it, but I don't know if it's something that I just haven't been noticing for <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, do you know now. what I mean? Like, so I don't yeah, really want to do it or not. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we talk about Ricky Starks taking a pin. Gina... How pleased and go. proud of you <laughs> for refusing to work with Jericho. Just give him the finger. I mean, definitely. I, I I literally had the biggest grin on my face as soon as I saw Ricky do that. I thought that was so hot of him to do. <laughs> I don't know whether it was a work or whether he truly, you know, just wanted to do that and was like, fuck this, I'm not working with you. Um, but if if that was truly just like him saying, fuck you, I don't want to work with you, then, you know, I got mad respect for it because that's a big thing to do. And, you know, you're kind of not, when I say risking yourself, I'm not saying that like Jericho's some sort of mobster here and he's going to have Ricky taken out just for that. But like, it's Tony D, he's going to get, get him in the back of the car. <laughs> Exactly. No, but it's like obviously he's got influence, you know. So we don't know sort of any repercussions that like Ricky may have got from doing that, or whether it truly was just a work. But for me, I just thought fair play because a lot of people were probably thinking or wanting to do that. So seeing him do that probably won Ricky brownie points. Yeah, and it was nice to hear Taz talk about Hobbs and Starks being able to work together during their time in uh, Team Taz as well. It's like the old days, you know, for a second. It's like dangling it, though, because I really loved Hobbs and Starks together, and I don't see why they split them up, you know? It's it's hard to not see them together. So it's such a tease to get this little match-up between them. But they still look like they've got a bit of hostility towards each other in a way. Um, so we'll have to kind of watch how that goes and see whether they can reunite later on down the line or not. All right, uh, Jackson, before I get your thoughts, I've just got something to say, and I know no one else is thinking this, but I'm going to say it. Where the fuck is Ric Flair? Right? Am I am I confused? Or didn't he say he wanted to be with Sting every step of the way? 
you know. Maybe because of the Jericho thing, they didn't want to make mm. it worse. Or maybe that we are finding say. out. You maybe... Maybe... I think it would have made it worse. I think oh. it would have made things worse. Maybe we're finding out what it's like to have Flair as a father who makes promises but breaks them and is never there. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. You took this personal. <laughs> I mean, are you sure it's me that has an it that has an issue with a flare? But yeah, it seems to me you've got certain issues with a certain well, flare. Too. Rick was never there. Rick was never there. Um... <laughs> yeah, well, probably best, probably best at this point. I think you guys have made some really great comments about this, and I don't really have much more to touch on um, when it comes to the match or the whole Jericho situation. I think you guys have all pretty much summed it up pretty well um the one thing i will say is i also agree with monty i feel sorry for everyone in this match that wasn't named chris jericho um i i do also agree i i started to see it in this match that sting does need to retire now um i feel like there were some spots that he was supposed to like hit and he didn't um you know, which is a little bit sad to start 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 to see from from wrestlers like that is kind of like yeah I think this is probably the best time um, at Revolution to kind of call it here. Um, I just, I, feel, I, I really do feel sorry for everyone that this this match took away from because the, ultimately I could not get into this match with with the news and ultimately Chris Jericho. This match was about Chris Jericho. Uh, whether you liked him, whether you hated him, on on this news that came out, whether or not you're you know, whether regardless as to what your opinion about this match wasn't about anyone else but Chris Jericho, and it just really took from it. So I didn't really have much or care for it, to be honest. I'll tell you a couple of things just to add a couple of comments to this mm. matchup. What yeah, a great 2023 for Big Bill, who weirdly, for such yeah. a big man, has gone under the radar. Mm. Like he, when he left Impact as W Morrissey at like, the start of the year, wherever it was, I did not think he would be a champion in AEW. Mm. And also, Darby is part crash test dummy. I hear he gets that from his dad's side. Uh, anyway, so we're going to rate this out of five. And Monty, start with you. What are you going to give it? Uh, yeah, I. My low rating. If I if I wanted, to, if you could individually rate like by by the people in the match, we we all know probably what this would be. But just for everyone in the match trying to make something out of nothing, I do have to give it uh, maybe three and a half. But then the, you know, again, it, the way it felt and like the entire energy around it was less than it. So I shouldn't have Jericho as my MVP, right? I take that off. Um, Gina. <laughs> What would you score out of five? I mean, to be honest, I I feel like the heels should have won this match, but because Sting was in it, I knew ultimately they weren't going to. So I'm glad I went with who I did go with, but I I will ultimately give this just a four. I don't like my man taking the pin, even though he probably was the best to take it. It, I still don't like it. So four, I'll be fine. And Jaxley? Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying not to, again, I agree, we shouldn't really try and take this away from the other wrestlers that were involved in this match. Like, again, I felt really gutted for Takesta uh, or Hobbs getting a loss here. Um, I'm glad neither of them was pinned, but, you know, both of them have had a pretty good end to 2023. 
Um, so yeah, I just didn't want this to take away from them. I'm going to give it a three and a half overall, I think. Yeah, I'll give it a three and a half as well. Predictions, we all went Sting, so it means James and Monty on six, Gina's on five, Jackson on four. TBS Championship next, Julia Hart versus Abaddon. House rules, which meant Abaddon could add the stipulation, which allowed biting. Match was focused on telling the story more than fitting as many spots in as possible. Both competitors did a good job playing to their characters' strengths. Sky Blue showed up and knocked Abaddon from the top rope, but it didn't have a desired effect. She pulled her out from under the ring and started beating her up. The distraction allowed Hartlow to score the win with the moonsault. Um, Gina, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I mean, it did. It kind of did what it needed to. Again, you know, with this match, I, I've, I've definitely enjoyed this storyline a lot more, and um, I, I'm enjoying to see like more come for for the women. But again, I at this point, I was still like ready to move on. I think I was a bit tired at this point in the match cards to even really be that much invested that much into it anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to see Abaddon given the chance, though, and the crowd chanting, this is spooky for the action getting to go. It was pretty cool. Um, and weirdly enough, the yeah, zero-hour sure. match. Especially because they've built uh, Abaddon up over the past few weeks, so it was nice to see her as a more frequent wrestler leading up to this match. But again, I don't think anyone really saw Julia losing it that quickly to Abaddon. Yeah. And not to mind too much, but the zero-hour match, was the longest of the three women's matches, and only the hook match was shorter than the women's matches. So, again, there's still work to do uh, when it comes to kind of certain things. Uh, I still didn't mind it, though. I think Hart's a good character. So, Monty, uh, again, Abaddon is another one who just he's popped up, given a chance, and then will disappear for another yeah. six months. And, that, and, yeah, and that's part of the issue. The issue with this match is not only... You know, you could get you can do a monthly pay per view or something every month, or with a you could put a new championship belt title match on the line if you at least include someone who we either believe is believable. So if she's gone away, like I said, Britt Baker who hasn't been around, but believe Britt Baker is always going to be feel like she's a believable championship contender. And no offense, no offense to Abaddon because I know it's not her fault. She just like you said, just hasn't been there. So you're either going to give it something believable or you have to give it to someone. Uh, that may be debuting or something like that. And I think, you know, Abaddon was neither. So the threat of her actually winning this was definitely not there. But I do think, like you mentioned, that they did the best that they could. And the timing, I'm 100% there with that. The timing was not the best. You, uh, it felt way too similar, especially with the finish to, to what Tony and, and uh, you know, what Tony had, even though it wasn't like a direct distraction from a legit ally at the time type of deal, but it was literally very similar to what they did earlier with Tony Storm. And uh, uh, the moonsault didn't go, wasn't the prettiest, even though, I, you know, again, I'm not here to criticize like that because I can't do a damn moonsault. So, hey, do do your thing. But uh, what I will say is about this is that this is another one of those, these two were also victims. Because again, when you when you're in when you're in a spot and you're following a match that just seeks the energy or reminds people about something very very bad that underneath the surface of something that they love when it comes to wrestling or AEW, it's kind of tough. It's really tough to get them going again uh, immediately, and you you're having to be the buffer between 
that miss with Jericho and then the uh, the TNT title. So it, it, they were in a tough spot. And I, I think this is also part of what we're talking about. It's not just having three women's matches, but having them not only mean something, but have places on the card to where they do not feel like either they have to follow something spectacular or they have to pick up the slack for something that killed the vibes of the show. Yeah, I think without doubt. I will say the crowd did wake up for this one. Um, but we'll get scores for this. Uh, Gina, what would you score this out of five? Um, I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Monty? Same. Same score, three and a half. And Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this and your score? Um... Again, I feel like um, you guys really put, touched on some like decent points in, at this at this point with both women. Um, I'm going to give it a three and a half myself. I enjoyed seeing Abaddon, um, you know, be given an, a, a bit more of a of a shine uh, by you know getting this chance at Julia Hart. And the one thing I will say is that I really loved that both of their characters are different kinds of spooky or freaky or weird you know so it's it was great to see two women of unconventional characters um really be given like a, a, a the limelight and and be given a shot to kind of uh show showcase what they can do so i liked the eeriness of it especially at the beginning they both were kind of like uh playing up to that f- sort of freaky vibe you have to appreciate that um but again i just feel like it 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 didn't really feel like there was enough storyline to for a, a full in, in involvement into believing that Abaddon could actually take this. Um, I also felt like you know we were going to see some form of um, sky blue turn up as well. Um, so it, it it was kind of predictable, um, but in a way for Julia, uh, another great. Um, defense on her on her side you know so i think three and a half is is a pretty decent score to give it predictions we all went hard so james and monty on seven gina's on six jacksy on five nigel's back on commentary more on that in a bit christian cage versus Adam copeland for the tnt title copeland wore the same gear he wore during his hardcore match against mick foley at wrestlemania 22 radar superstar attack cage during his entrance and saying sent the Wayne family running for cover. Copeland yelling at Nigel in commentary was hilarious. I mean, Monty, you know how much I love Nigel McGuinness, but, you know, it, it's it's great. Like, you know, all I can say is it adds to it when you're a good commentator. Um, we You can see the smile from Copeland after he hit a crossbody from a race section as well. So it looked good. But um, this wasn't a wrestling match. It was a fight. They weren't going for a hip toss or headlocks. It's all about inflicting as much pain as possible. Cage even stomped Copeland's head into the steel steps and busted him open at one point. Nick and uh, his mum got involved at certain points, especially when Cage asked for weapons under the ring. Ladders, tables and chairs, kendo sticks, and even a random metal rod were used throughout this match. Crowd wanted fire and Cage delivered when he set a table ablaze, but Copeland had it to relit it before he powerbombed Nick onto it. He hit Cage with his own finisher to end the match and become the new TNT champion. But Killswitch showed up behind Copeland as he celebrated and attacked him. Cage convinced him to give the title shot so he could redeem it instead. Bell rang, 
Cage hit Spear to regain his TNT title. Jaxi, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> um, again, this is um, this is what we meant by saying that the twenty-man battle royale was just kind of pointless, you know. Uh, I mean, at this point, I'm I'm confused. Did we all get a point here? Can we just like confirm this? Because like technically, Adam Adam Copeland won, but the, the, like Adam Copeland just beat Wardlow in the shortest TNT title run possible. Do you know that he just made he just you know made history with that? Yes, yes. At, yeah, like, Adam right. Copeland, the shortest run. Like yes, that is exactly what I thought Adam Copeland was coming to do in AEW towards the end of 2023. He wanted to make make the record for the shortest TNT run. Um, I don't really know what they, they kind of wanted to, to do with this. Uh, personally, at this point, I, I kind of thought to myself, will we actually only see um, the TNT title come off of Christian Cage if Jack Perry returns and actually kicks his ass and takes the belt and and wakes kill switch up and reminds him as to who he actually is, you know? Like, I don't know <laughs> what to do at this point to get the belt off of Christian because Christian is using everything, everything in his power and managing to do it. I don't even know how he's managed to get, get kill switch um, this obedient. He's got, you know, to hand over he's, he's got something, hasn't he? He's got... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's definitely <laughs> got something on him. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, when he was Luchasaurus, like Christian got a picture of him with a unicorn or something. Now he's holding it against him, you know? Yeah, maybe he's a fan of like Brooks Jensen <laughs> or something, you know? Um, <laughs> I always wondered if someone uh, could cash in, you know, like, you know, money in the bank contract, like, what about yeah. if they could cash in after they like lost the title? And then I realised if it did happen like this, it would be shit. So you know we don't worry about it. And like you said, I mean, like was... I didn't really. I just laughed throughout that whole interaction. Like at first, of course, me going with Adam Copeland, I was excited seeing that he actually picked up the win. I was like, yes, see, Kill Switch's music hit, and I'm like, I. I, I really don't know how to actually react. I think I sat there in silence when I watched all of that happen because I was like, I, what, what was the whole point of this match? <laughs> well, it's weird to think this is Adam's first title since so, yeah. the world title in 2011 and he held it for, what, like I said, two and a half minutes, you know? It's um, even that. It's even yeah. that. I think the match, though, and um, Gina... The match was you. good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I thought like the match was good. You know, playing with fire mm. is always dangerous, but uh, I still also, thought it was quite a good. Again, yeah, I just to quickly add before you get Gina's thoughts, I just felt like you know, it, as soon as they got in the ring, it felt like they have not actually like been apart this whole time. Like you know, they picked up well from one another. There's so much chemistry between them that you just couldn't hit, feel help but feel like nostalgia was hitting you every every other second. So um, that aspect and that element of it really worked well. It was the ending for me that is just, just the wacky, so crazy finishes. Backwards. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the issue. Uh, that's that's what mean... TK wanted this for this pay per view. You know, 
floppy finishes or, or weird-ass ones. It shouldn't be called Well's End. It should be called Sloppy Finishes. That <laughs> that would be the <laughs> next year. Um, That's like a, diff- a totally different event. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I think I've watched Sloppy Finishes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know what year. Um, anyway, Gina, the match, as we talk about, the, the chemistry, as Jaxie said, is great. It's just like we said, these crazy Looney Tunes-esque endings. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a really good match. And I didn't know who was going to get the win because it was so back and forth, you know. And again, we knew we knew tomfoolery was coming. This is Christian Cage, for Christ's sake. We knew it was coming. Um, but to see Edge get that win, I was super happy. And just like my sister said, I was silent when I heard Killswitch just come out and just see him relinquish that contract. And, you know, back at the earlier part of this show, when I said, when is that breaking point? Part of me thought, is this going to be that breaking point where Luchasaurus is going to say, no, this is my contract. But no, he rolled over like a good little dog. So, um, yeah. It's just a sloppy finish. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, scores. Uh, Jackson, what did you score this out of five? Match and maybe finish as well. Stop being greedy. So, yeah, I really... This is this is going to be kind of like a controversial, uh, like, uh, match uh, point because of, like, kind of, like, the way that I talked was quite negatively. But, yeah, towards the end, I was talking about the actual match. And the match itself was really good. Like, I have to give it at least, like, a four and a quarter, uh, four and three quarters because everything Adam Copeland and Christian did in the match itself was entertaining. I couldn't stop watching them. Um, they were back and forth, and they just, they both still had it, you know? Um, I really enjoyed this up until the finish. So I'm going to give it a, a four and three quarters because I, I really did enjoy it until then. Gina? Yeah, I got a four and a half for this match. It was so good and it was great to see the reunion of Christian and Adam Copeland, but also just seeing them work together like this. They both bounced off each other so well. So four and a half is good enough for me. Monty? Yeah, I remember initially, I think it was 2001, 2002, when uh, Adam and Christian originally broke up as a tag team. I remember them having an awesome-ass ladder match that for a while was one of my favorite uh, matches between former partners type of deal where it was one-on-one. Because usually those things, they don't necessarily always work out. in uh, in uh, And they don't always be good. I remember Matt and Jeff, tried. they've tried the feud plenty of times, and it's never really been the best uh, stuff, but uh, this was really, really good. Probably the best match they've ever had between each other. Uh, the wrestling was spectacular. Uh, it was, this was the perfect uh, this picked up everything. I was back I was back into the show. I was like, okay, now this is this is what you expect from an AEW uh, pay-per-view. And I also want to say that uh, this is what I meant when I meant that you kind of get two AEWs when you watch AEW sometimes. And I think that this is a perfect personification of it. You get incredible in-ring work and per, you know, sometimes you get great psychology between the workers and stuff like that. And then you get the booking or the finish where it's just like, or, you know, the thing after the the original, uh, in, uh, the original match. And you're just like, 
what the hell? You know, that's the problem. That's the thing. It's a roller coaster ride sometimes with AEW, and I think that that's part of it. It's like you get this fantastic moment, they hit it out the park, and then right after they come right back into it and they do something where you're just scratching your head, and that's just you never want to leave a situation like that after a match like that. You never want to leave a fantastic match at the end like, okay, what what, what was I watching? And I know we're waiting on Luchasaurus for the breaking point, but honestly, I might be the only person that won't care when he finally kills Christian because no one has been holding the gun to this big-ass dude's head this entire time. He's just enthralled by Christian's words or whatever, like you said, or some dirt that we don't know about. That's the only way you can save Luchasaurus, if you ask me, is if you tell me they had some type of dirt where Christian is locked up a dinosaur colony under his house or something. Yeah, there, there's some shit going on. No, we don't. Um, <laughs> four and a half, though, is my score. Four and, four and, half, and a half, yeah. So, oh yeah, I'm going to give it uh, a four or three quarters. Like I said, really, really good stuff. Predictions, we want Copeland. So, it means James and Monty on eight, Gene on seven, Jaxie on six. The Continental Championship is next. Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, Danielson and Taz provide us some great commentary during the match and about what kind of fire each competitive is and how they use their strength to your advantage. There's nothing pretty about it. They used plenty of traditional wrestling manoeuvres, but the way they did them was dirty and violent in the best possible way. After a brutal exchange of stiff strikes, the Mad King defeated Moxley with a spinning back fist to get the win and become the first modern Triple Crown champion. He celebrated with all three belts as the crowd gave him a standing ovation. Kingston accomplished all his goals in 2023, it was an incredible ride. Moxley embraced his friend before leaving him to celebrate. Uh, Monty might have took time, but we got there. Along with three belts, Finally, right? he beat all three Blackpool, Blackpool Combat Club members. Let me get out. Sweet. Sweet, man. Sweet. Yeah, you know, this is the one thing, and I want to go ahead and get this out of the way because I know you're going to talk about it, but... As far as predictions go, I knew I was fucked when I saw Eddie Kingston's different interpretation <laughs> of his gear. I was like, no fucking way. Eddie got something different on Like, different shit. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm screwed. But, uh, man, how happy was I to be screwed? Because it was just, not only was it the right thing to do, it was just a fantastic match. You you, you kind of summarized it quickly there. And I think, you know, it doesn't need the, the I just think that's one of those situations where I'm like, you know what? This made it worth it almost by itself. As bad as the initial part of this show was, I think from the Adam match on to this and then what happened after this, as far as wrestling goes, was really, really good. It really saved this show. It made you feel like, okay, now I see why this ha- why this show happened. Okay, it was not, it's not a complete waste of my damn money and time. But, uh, yeah, man, this is special, man. Special stuff, and you, you, you're 100% right. I'm happy they finally pulled the trigger and realized what they have here with Eddie Kingston, rewarded him with a great victory, and it was a perfect type of match with the perfect opponent being Moxley, a friend of his, someone who could play, fight his style just the way he he fights that style. It was just really, really good stuff, and uh, I, I just came away from this uh, very, very happy, and I think that's that's this is the, this is what you want. You want more of this, even with the hug with Moxley after that. That's the type of way you tell a story. And you pinpointed, like I mentioned, with the Continental Classic this entire time being a highlight of AEW, they capped it off perfectly right there with the right winner, and they did it the right way. So, yeah, man, hats off to AEW, hats off to Eddie Kingston for, um, you know, doing it, man. You know, again, he's I don't I can't think of anyone more deserving. You know, he's been on an unbelievable roll 
probably before he went to the G1, but I know that he catapulting off the G1 success that he had leading into everything that he did here in the C2 and be- beating Claudio earlier this year. This was just a beautiful way for things to come full circle for him. Yeah, I think that, that like I said, really, really good stuff all around. Uh, and Monty pointed it out, but Jack CLR Shoe, there's an argument to say that the Continental Classic and Eddie's journey is the best thing AEW's done all year, really. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I think I would be one to sort of argue that case. Um, I, I've been completely invested in Eddie um, and sort of just seeing a lot of like his ups and downs throughout AEW, um, you know, when it comes to not only just wins, but also sort of like um, the breaking of friendships and the building of new ones and the breaking of those two. He's kind of been through the ringer, you know. Um, so for this to finally pay off for him, like this was a story really well told. And this was one that was built up across years. Um, so this is something that AEW has really gotten right um, all the way through the Continental Classic. He, along with, you know, the likes of Daniel Garcia, he really was the underdog. He came into this with two losses straight up after just openly putting both his titles um on the line for this tournament as well. Um, and that's a pretty bold move to make to then go ahead and lose to. So, you know, whether or not you as the fan or Eddie himself started losing faith in him after those two losses, it was just a beautiful Cinderella story, you know, just to actually see him pick up, as you said, James, win after win against the, the Blackpool Combat Club and like that final obstacle being John Moxley. Um, it made sense that it was John Moxley that, that, picked up the win against um uh within his triple threat you know as much as i would have loved to have seen this belt go uh, go on to swerve um this was the story was all ultimately about eddie and i think they they told it very well and this is something aew actually got right um i really enjoyed this match the chemistry with those two you know it is is great anyway you know whether or not they're in ring or out ring they've got great chemistry being friends um and you know from from beginning to finish um this was a slobber knocker um and it was like done in in such a good way like you could tell that both eddie and john put their all into this match and like you could feel it like the emotions were there and it was just brilliant really well done yeah really really good uh gina it's just a shame that it followed the no dq match you know because and especially with the card that we've had with this match and the last one really good stuff but it's just been bogged down in incorrect place as well um yeah i definitely agree with you Um, it it definitely was a match that you wanted to give a lot of energy to, but a lot of people gave energy to the match previously, you know, and so much happened in the match previously. It was probably a lot for the crowd who were actually there to like, you know, take on right after after that. Um, but it was still a great match. I still enjoyed it. And I, again, I felt just as just the same as Monty and my sister. You know, I felt like it was a Cinderella story and I was happy for Eddie. But I also thought it was just a brilliant match between the two of them. Um, and I expected them to put on a great match because they're two great re- veteran wrestlers, you know. Yeah, I think that doubt. So schools then. Monty, what would you give out of five? Yeah, this is my type of shit, man. And I don't know if it's just because it's the round robin tournament final type of deal. So it gives me G1 feels. But yeah, man, I was really into it. I gave it four and a half. Four and a half. Uh, 
Jaxie. I gave this a four and three quarters. Four and three quarters. And Gina? I gave it a four and a half. Half, yeah, I give it four three quarters. Predictions you'll win Eddie apart from Monty, so it means that James is on nine, Gina and Monty on eight, Jaxie on seven. As we head to the main event, MGF versus Smojo for the AEW Championship. Special video played with several Long Island residents taking uh, talking positive about MJF before he made his way to the ring in the flashiest robe he's ever worn. A few moments later, he shocked the crowd by bringing out Adam Cole. Uh, despite Long Island being MJF's home turf, Joe did receive quite a few chants. MJF had a huge smile on his face as the crowd chanted, he's our scumbag. Max tried to stay confident, but Joe immediately began targeting his injured shoulder. The majority of this match was comprised of long sequences when Joe was in control, followed by short comebacks by the champ. Joe kicking MJF in the face, he tried to get himself back over the top rope, was a hilarious spot. And the muscle buster Joe hit on the apron looked nasty. The reverse and armbar was beautiful. MJF was able to win with his signature pole driver and Joe versus Trayvon Armbar. It seemed like anything MJF tried, Joe had an answer. When MJF asked for his ring, Cole took long trying to find it and it allowed Joe to lock in a rear naked choke. Much to the surprise of everyone, me included, this is how the match ended. Referee checked on match. And I said this, right, and again, I don't want to bring up Drew McIntyre again, but when he lost to Bobby Lashley, at WrestleMania, his arm only got checked once. All right, WrestleMania 37 it was. Three checks on the arm now. I'm just saying, bit of consistency, you know. Anyway, your new <laughs> AEW champion was Samoa Joe. Uh, the crowd was shocked and didn't really know what was going to go on. Uh, Adam Cole tried to com- comfort Max after Joe was gone. Crowd chanted bullshit until the Devil's Masked Men showed up. They attacked Max and held Cole so he had to watch. Cole and MJF both begged to be hit instead of the other. And then the lights dropped. They came back on to reveal Cole sitting on a chair looking at Max. While Wardlow, Roderick Strong and the Kingdom unmasked behind him. MJF looked heartbroken and asked how Cole could do this before everyone attacked. The show ended with Cole and his crew standing tall. Wow. So a lot to talk about there. Gina, I'll start with you and just a match. Because I thought it was quite a fun match even though MJF was really banked up. But Joe was really motivated. Yeah, I mean, the the match itself was just great. It was so spot on. Joe just showed us all why he's still hot and why he's still got it. And he deserves this, you know. He just put so much into not just his character, but the, the wrestling work he puts in, putting other people over. The match was great because he, you know, he did make MJF look great in some spots, but he also crushed him horribly. Um, he just battered MJF, really, which is what I kind of wanted Joe to do you know I think he had to come into this match and he had to look so dominant that you know he was ragging MJF around and I think that's what he he you know overall overall brought out so it was a great match between them both and I enjoyed it so much yeah um I like the call back to not being able to find the ring much like Wardlow did to MJF um and I think and I don't know about you, Jaxie, but this might be the most shocked a crowd has been at result, apart from maybe a Jeff Jarrett victory, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, no, um, again, I think even I was shocked at this. And I think I, I kind of like had sort of like called this in my mind when I was thinking about like, you know, who to choose as as the ultimate winner of this match. Um, I think when it came to the callback um, of, you know, Adam Cole fumbling for the ring, I think it was then for me that I genuinely thought, yeah, OK, he is the devil. Um, so I think that sort of like callback actually ended up sort of already outing him as the the devil, in my opinion. Um, I thought the match was really good. Again, I felt like Joe looked so strong, so dominant. And I, we we needed that from Joe. Like, what what really would have been the plans for Joe if he had not won, considering the fact that he had just done a really great Ring of Honor TV championship run and then relinquished it. If he did not win this title, it really was not going to look good, like a good year coming up for him, you know? So like, I'm glad that he won this because like he deserves like this championship. WWE never actually have this faith in him and they are completely like, beside themselves right now thinking to themselves we were sitting on gold this whole fucking time you know and i hope that they actually think that i really do because well, joe is great <laughs> yeah no they're, well, probably, well, they're probably not but uh again no, it's, it's not, weird well, that there is two samoans i would have done this triple h probably is thinking i would have done this if i was in control at that time you know, whatever so, reading this, is history too. He got hurt a couple times. Yeah, WWE, it's not so. Like, it one time, oh, yeah, he the thing is, is yeah, the, no, it's my, true. It's true. He um, went from let's, still, let's credit Joe his reinvention this past couple of years. That's what I just want to say. Oh, Joe's been mm. great and fully deserves mm. this because a lot of people, whether it be Keith Lee or Andrade or Malachi Black or whatever it is, you know, who've gone to AEW and maybe it's not worked out, and Joe. Again, I think Wardlow should be in this spot. But again, that's more about Tony Kay's book than anything else. But Joe's done this, yeah. and he's gone from commentary in the Rain Mac at WrestleMania mm-hmm. to world champion. So, you know, credit no, to Joe there. Right. But... You are right, you know, and I I don't want to say that. Um, I'm, I'm just saying it more. I, I think the point oh, I'm yeah, no, trying to make it is just, yeah. from, from Triple H now being in control, I bet you he's thinking to himself, damn, like, you know, if if, if it was me in control at that point and not Vince, like, I, I could have done so much with Joe or potentially could have done more. Um, but, yeah, this is Joe's time now, and I think that this um, this move for him, is it, it was a great choice to make. Um Ultimately, when it comes to the whole devil thing, I've seen mixed um, mixed opinions about Adam Cole being the one, the devil. I know that there was like a lot of um, conspiracy behind other people potentially being the devil. Um, I actually do not mind that that it turned out to be Adam Cole. First of all, um, we've seen that he is very much synonymous, like uh, Kevin Owens was turning on his friends. So. Um, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone, really. But uh, also, I feel like we may have been disappointed if, like, the outcome wasn't actually that it was it was Adam Cole this whole time. Like, you know, there there really was no no reason as to why Adam Cole struck up this friendship with MJF in the first place after losing at Owen in the first place. You know, um, so I just felt like this really did need to be him. So even though I knew it was going to be him after the ring sort of section, um, I wasn't disappointed. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to get, like, you know, 
a, a really good sort of uh, story come out of it that will build up to a great match once Adam Cole is actually better um, between both MJF and Adam Cole. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I'm not one of those people that probably is disappointed like I've seen online. Um, I, I think that this actually makes the most sense to actually make Adam Cole the the devil here. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I didn't mind the reveal, but I don't know about you, Monty, but I would have popped if it was uh, Fish and O'Reilly with Adam Cole and Wardlow. I'd have been like, yeah, that is the undisputed era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, and I, I hold hold that thought about O'Reilly because depending depending on his injury status, I think he still is a great candidate to be in it, uh, or at least uh, something will be going on with him in uh, this group. I think at some point, uh, it just seems like too much of a uh, no brainer if he's still if he's a, if he's going to be able to come back uh, from his from his uh, injuries. But uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you on that uh, as far as, like, uh, the thing. The only thing I will push back on as far as it being Adam Cole, the only other person that would have made more sense with, he's actually in the group. And it would have been, like like you just said, Warlow, like, actually being the devil. But, you know, he did show up with the MJF tape and just kind of made it obvious at one point that he was going after MJF. So maybe that would have been a little too on the nose for people. Uh, but, yeah, the Adam, but you know, the Adam Cole stuff makes sense. And I think that's the thing about it. Since it makes perfect sense, I won't. I will not complain uh, at all because you know the only thing I will say is the whole dealing with Joe. You would think he would uh, try to get the belt in the group by letting, like you said, letting Wardlow get this spot instead of just letting it go to Joe. But I guess maybe in his mind, we get rid of Max. Max deserves this. He's a piece of trash. We'll get Joe down the line, I guess. But I just felt like Joe won in this deal easily <laughs> like he just yes. like he comes away as the biggest winner all together like not only did he outsmart max he outsmarted the, the group too in my opinion because he walks away with the championship and he's pretty much unscathed after working with the devil now of course uh I just like in whatever fiction or whatever story you've ever read with dealing with the devil that's probably gonna come back to bite joe and i think we're probably just gonna have to see how that plays out if they know what they're doing but uh, Joe, like you guys mentioned, Joe definitely deserves it. Like, honestly, Joe has never had, and AEW has a chance to do something that Joe has never really had the benefit of doing. Because even in Impact, the place where he kind of uh, made his name and became who he, who uh, who we, uh, who I know, like again, one of my favorite wrestlers growing up was Samoa Joe. He was never treated with the respect that he deserved when he was the TNA champion back in those days. So. For him to be at this stage now and to possibly be the world champion and, uh, and you know, go into the new year on top of AEW uh, uh, with challenging anyone to a fight because we know that's Joe's whole thing. You know, who's, you know, who's like, he's, he's just an unbelievable talent. And I love the fact that he's going to be waiting to just take out anybody who wants to come at him. So I, I just, he's just so badass. And I, I love Joe. I've always have. So, I think this is incredible for him. Never, never would have a problem with Samoa Joe being on top. Uh, but yeah, like with Max's injuries too, I come to find out his shoulder thing is more serious than than, than yeah. people thought. So you know now it makes even more sense. You know I thought since he was at home and he had been beating the odds so so much in this ring, he would figure it out. But the Adam Cole thing and the way they did it, it was all fine and dandy. Like again, I understand people may have wanted more of a shock or may have wanted it done differently. 
But honestly, you know, I can't complain because if you look at it and pay attention, the answer was right in front of your face the entire time. So I can't be mad. I actually would give them props. Like some people hated that it was Adam Cole because it's kind of obvious. I give them props for having it be obvious, but they had people on the edge of their seats wondering who was the devil for months, even though the answer was in, in their face from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wanted it to be Chris Jericho, but, you know, or Ric Flair. Uh, Gina, what are your thoughts on the... Or Jeff Jarrett. Or Jeff Jarrett, I don't mind. Jay Lethal. You know, one of the big talents. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem with this. I kind of figured that it would make sense for it to be Adam Cole anyway. So I think if it was anyone else aside from MJF himself, I think that would have been probably more off-putting to me because the signs weren't obvious. So I think it pays off and it obviously keeps Adam Cole still alive in within the storylines right now, even though he's injured. So it's a good angle to put on him, even if that wasn't the original plan. Um, but it's working for me and I like Adam Cole as a heel. I, I prefer him as a heel, if I'm truly honest. He's such a nice person, like he's an unbelievably nice person in in real life and that's why i think i enjoy his heel persona so much um because you because it's just a is a great character and i think he plays it well so i think this storyline will pay off it will help and i think you know joe's gonna continue to smash it because he definitely deserves it yeah i mean you say you know adam cole's a nice person but i've seen him turn on so many people now it's unbelievable uh scores out of five on twitch nice person (laughs) Well, I, I, I'm a mark, so what do I know? Um, so, Gina, what would you score the main event out of five? Um, yeah, that match was great for me. I'll give it four and three quarters. Four and three quarters. Monty? Yeah, four and a half is where I where I marked it in. I, I just kind of gave all the last three matches four and a half. I thought they all were really, really good, and I think they really picked up this show from where it was. And kudos to Max, man. Hell of a run. Never thought he would be as big as he was as a babyface champion, but he was. He was. He was uh, one of the highlights of this show for a pretty up and down 2023 when it comes to AEW. And so I have to give him love. And I also uh, want to say that if the bidding war is even still a real thing, if he hasn't already signed back to AEW, man, run it up, Max. Because I think you got. I think your reign can definitely give you some some leverage in the bargaining room, man. Because I think he showed some range that he could be not only uh, just that pouty mouth heat, heat inducing heel that he was in his initial run, but this time he showed that he he can carry as a babyface champion too. So I just wanted to give Max some love there. But yeah, four and a half. Yeah, that Dow, excellent point. Jaxie? I have to agree with Monty on that statement because I think if you go back to probably this time last year, I'm pretty sure at some point on the pod I've actually said that Max never needs to be a face or he never would be a face um, because he's too good as a heel. And I have to take my words back because that run, that that title run he's had, he's predominantly been face and loved by the crowd. So I agree wholeheartedly with Monty on that. Um, I've gone four and three quarters on that. I think I've gone four and three quarters on the on the last three matches. Um, but again, just like Monty, I feel like all of them were at the same caliber, at the same level. Um, and the last three matches really just blew it out of the park. Yeah, I went four and a half. Predictions. Fucking Gina. The fucking Gina again. 
makes me sick. Um, well, Monty and I went MJF. Gina um, can we not? Joe. Why did you just say? Why? Why the hell did you actually put so much emphasis on just Gina saying Joe? I said Joe too. Yes, you both went Joe, but it means final yeah. scores. Jaxie, you ended on yeah, eight. Gina won, yeah. and Gina fucking won with me. So we both got the winning oh, a point. <laughs> yeah, Gina won again. Which for fuck's sake, hey, Gina? <laughs> yeah. Me. Fuck's sake, yeah. I needed this win, sir. Gina has won the last NXT, AEW, and WWE pay-per-views. Eh? Is there anything she can't Well, wait. <laughs> well, that's wait, till we get to wait till we get to Wrestle Kingdom, yeah, James? Because we don't even know what happened there. And that will be the nail on the coffin if, if that's the case. So let's not go I there. No, no, I don't even want to know. I will, I I will sulk completely. I, I like my sister winning, but I will idea. sulk. No, Jackson, yeah. I think it's a terrible idea getting Juno involved in this podcast. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it now. This is a good idea. No, we both made a mistake. No, sis, don't talk to me. Sis, don't talk to me. You're uh, me. No. No, sis, we're on a timeout. We're on a, we're on a timeout, sis. <laughs> so, yes. Final you, Gina. <laughs> they just so, can't do... help but, you know, try and pour, pour the light out of my, my shine here. Well, it means... Don't hate, AEW. congratulate. Yes. Well, AEW League and Final... Well, remember what you've just said, all right? Because the AEW League and Final now means Monty ends with three, Jaxie Gina four, and you're winner of the AEW Prediction League. You love to see it. It is me on five points. So there fuck you go. Where's Absolutely. Wait on a minute. Where's the congratulations? No, you literally. No, I'm not giving you a congratulations. You they stole did. that win from me. You stole that win from me. The AEW was mine, and you just had to come and steal my thunder. I can't believe you. Okay. You were in the lead. How the fuck did that happen, eh? I just. I don't even know. I feel like, guys, I was cheated out of this win. I was definitely cheated. There's a conspiracy here against me. I'm never expecting me and James to win AEW. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I won the one I like the least. Let's admit it. I need to, <laughs> I need to contact Sami Zayn. <laughs> there's, a there's a conspiracy here against me. And I think Sami Zayn would actually get to the bottom of this. I need this. Can someone get me in touch with Sami Zayn, please? Yeah. So the points. Uh, it means Gina gets an extra point. I get an extra three. So overall at the moment, Jaxie's still on 21. Gina on 32. Monty on 34. I'm on 37. But we've still got 18 points on the line to come. Back to the pay-per-view. Uh, of course, match and MVP. Um, we'll start with Jaxie. We'll start with you. What are you going to... Um, all three. Go on. Give me all three. Give me a match. Um, which is going to be out of the last three matches. Um. Oh, wait. Okay, I'm going to say my match of the night was Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. I really just enjoyed it. It was just, it was a brawl. Um, so I'm going to go with that for my match of the night. I'm giving yeah. Joe my MVP. Perfect. Yeah. I'll come back um, to and you. And you want my no, okay. I'll come back. Go on. Well, uh, Gina, match and MVP, please. 
Um, I think I'm going to go Joe and MJF for match of the night. MVP. Oh, it's difficult. I want to give it to either Adam Copeland or Christian because the match that they gave was great. They both deserve it, but I don't know which one I want to give it to more. I'll give it to Adam Copeland because I like him better. (laughs) (laughs) And Monty, uh, your match of the night, I do believe, is Copeland. Uh, What's your MVP, though? No, 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 no. I gave them all four and a half. So my match is Eddie and, and the crew. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, Eddie and the crew. And my, my MVP is Eddie Kingston. Oh, cool. No, so yeah, I'm looking at mine. I've I've gone <laughs> Copeland is my match of the night. My MVP is uh, Garcia. Uh, like I said, really start the show well. Uh, so, Jaxie, what's your score out of 10? Okay, um, I mean, when you look at it kind of overall, I was I was trying to take my time when thinking about the score for this. It, it seems worse than what it is, but I'm going to give it a seven and a half overall. And I think that's in terms of uh, sloppy, sloppy finishes um, <laughs> um, and just baffling decisions. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven and a half overall. I'm sorry. Seven and a half. Uh, Gina, what about you? Yeah, for me, there there weren't that many matches that I felt needed to be on this match card, on this pay-per-view, making it such a long event. Um, so due to that, there were only like a, a few matches that I th- actually think were worth being on a pay-per-view event. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven. And Monty, to finish off the year... On the WNR podcast, rating wise, yeah, the weakest weakest AEW pay per views of the year. Uh, before those last three matches, it was probably going to get one of the worst ratings I've ever given a full show. Like it was just it was just rough. It was a slog to get through. But yeah, seven is really fair. That's where I'll stay. I'll stop at a seven. But I do think uh, if the the crazy thing is, it's such a long ass card. But like the last three is really the only unforgettable thing that you can have here. And uh, so, yeah, last three matches, that, that's that's pretty tough when you go on a, like a, what, 10-match card or something, a 10-plus match card, so, yeah. It's even like reviewing it, and again, uh, we love doing this and that, but it's even like a lull as we do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how long yeah, the yeah. match card, it, we, you can't keep up that excitement for that amount of time. Uh, yeah. But I did watch, like, the two-hour press conference afterwards, which was great, um, and... We all wanted to know about one question, basically. Uh, we did find out a couple other things. Samoa Joe, he's going to get a new belt design. Tony Storm, when asked what, <laughs> what woman that she wants to be signed, she said there was a big free agent, Wendy Richter. Uh, when she did come out, uh, Tony did put a hat and sunglasses on as well uh, and then got asked a question, of course, um, if how safe is AW and if they've heard about Chris Jericho and he said it's the safest place that's kind of ever you know been in the history of wrestling ever. Uh, the head of PR of AW, Adam Hopkins, had to come and get the hat and glasses off Tony Khan after being asked serious questions about Jericho. Uh, Monty, is it fair to say at these moments Tony looks a bit out of his depth? Would that be fair? A bit wet behind the ears, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, I think that if there's any indictment for Tony, I know a lot of people swear about Tony, say he's a good guy, love him uh, for whatever reason that they, for every reason, I've heard plenty of listed reasons why people love Tony Khan is. But I think that this is these moments when there's something like this going on, even if you go back to like the brawl out with CM Punk, yeah, you can try to give him the out that, you know, he, you know, this is the first time anything like that has ever really happened while you're trying to do a press conference. But, you know, again, you saw the anger on Punk. You seen that, and he just kind of sat there, froze up. Um, in the past, when talking about this particular situation in general, he seemed nervous. So then when he get here and he talk about this and he give us the line about it being the most safest ever, even though we, we literally a few months ago had a show where you had to open up and tell us that you felt completely unsafe for your life backstage at your at this show, mm-hmm. at, at this various, in this very same company. It's just, come on, man, it's disingenuous. And he's someone that gets lauded by a lot of fans for being open and honest and different from every other, you know, management type. And uh, he just kind of seemed like almost every, every any other management type. You're 100% right. I think out of his depth is the perfect way to describe Tony Khan when it comes to these crisis type of uh, management situations with AEW. He just seems like he doesn't want any parts of it, and he just – he, uh, I don't know. Maybe that the hat and the, the shade, and and now that I know a little bit more, maybe it was like a defense mechanism to make it more comfortable to a- answer those type of questions because he knew they were coming. He had to know it was coming. But yeah, no, I, I thought honestly, he, you got to be more aware. Uh, and um, and I just think, you know, even if you can't talk about it because of legal legal situations, you got he could have gave more. Than he did, especially when this when that type when those accusations kind of took over the entire first two and a half hours of the show. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Jaxie, how do you think Tony handled it? You know, from a, a I, I hear you are a woman, uh, even though I never treat you. <laughs> one. Um, you know, what's right. your perspective? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to kind of agree with what. Monty said as well, like, uh, maybe it was a defense mechanism. I personally thought it was really stupid. Um, but again, I, I did look on X slash Twitter, whatever you want to call it, um, and kind of see that there was reference back to Vince doing something similar to like this. So you could even just kind of like see that as sort of him still stupid man it, yeah yeah it's a stupid it was a stupid move to be honest but it again gets you actually talking about how stupid he looks rather than what he was answering and and his answers you know and they were pretty vague as as you rightly said it was um it's so contradictory considering like he's saying like at one point AEW is like the safest place ever but then like wasn't it just a few months ago that he was like really worried about his life <laughs> Or risk of his life from CM Punk. So it was just really very much like, which Tony are we getting here? You know? Everything's fine okay. now, Danielson's there. You know, he'll just find you. Yeah, sure. Sure. Of course. I didn't realise Daniel sold everything, you know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Sorry, is there anything else or do you want to? No, no, that is pretty much my thoughts on, on the situation. Cutting off a woman asking a woman's fault about... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I end up oh, bullying. Thank you, Claire. Shut up and get to my locker room. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we get dynamite wow. notes. <laughs> I'm sorry. So my, my bad. I apologise. I'm going to have to give an apology statement next week, but that's next week. Uh, dynamite notes. 
first one of the year. Adam Cole led the newly titled Undisputed Kingdom to the squared circle. Cole signed strong to target the yeah. international championship. Yeah, it's the first sorry, Monty, I should say. They got to add Undisputed to the front of it. <laughs> it's like it could be anything. You know, <laughs> and they will do that. The Undisputed Judgment Day. You know, the Undisputed Bloodline, any group that you want. Uh, and we know the targets that we know the championships that matter. The international championship is the one Roddy Strong's <laughs> going to go after. Not not the TNT title or anything else shit like that. Tavern and Bennett to continue defending the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. And Wardlow. Uh, screw Ricky, you know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and Wardlow <laughs> to the AEW World Championship. Well, until. Adam Cole was healed, at which point he expected to hand it over. And even at that point, we'll just go, nah. And it's like, you're already turning on each other. Oh, really? Like, the story's not even started. Like, come on. Uh, anyway, Private Party returned. It's quite a different tag division from the last time they were there. Uh, Mariah May made her in-ring debut beating Queen Aminata. She used to twerk to beat her opponents, but she's English. So I care now. Uh, afterwards, Diana Parazzo arrived and confirmed she's all elite. The crowd need to learn the virtuosa chant. She tried with you guys, but Diona is not the chant. All right, virtuosa. You learn it. And the virtual is one of the best on the planet. Maybe not the strongest promo, but honestly, brilliant. Uh, and they've paired May with Tony for the turn, which happens every time in AEW. Gina, do you ever wonder, do people get along or do they just need to turn on each other? Like, be it tag teams, be it groups and stables or anything like that, it's always a turn. I do wonder sometimes whether, you know, somebody just walks through catering and sees two people sat down and think, hmm, I might chuck those two together, you know, and see how they fare. <laughs> so it does. sometimes there are some tag teams that you just think, like, when did this pairing come about? Is it just because they're friends behind stage or have they never worked together and they've randomly been paired because they look good together? It's like that. You know they're going to eventually beat the shit out of each other. So, again, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, it's six-month reign. Exactly. If you're two you single too stars, invested, yeah, exactly. they'll break your heart. <laughs> Job done. And Swerve beat Garcia in the main event. So that is Dynamite and AEW for the year. Um... It's been an interesting year, shall we say. Let's hope 2024 brings a lot more. Uh, but we've still got stuff to finish. So we're going to go back to who wins the year-end predictions. And it's anybody's game at the moment. Like I said, at the moment, Jax is on 21, Gina on 32, Monty on 34, James is on 37. But like I say, still 18 points on the line. So we are going to do our AW champions for the end of the year. Uh, I hope everybody's got it in front of them, and this is going to be quite tight. But Jaxi, I'll let you know who I've gone for my world champion, and we can all go through it. So my AW world champion for the end of the year is Ricky Starks, which is not a point. A <laughs> point for each one, shall we say. Jaxi, who have you gone for? Mm. Ditto. I went Ricky Starks. <laughs> oh. Gina, did you go Ricky Starks considering... You're meant to be the fan, and me and Jackson gone for him. I mean, I have two written down. I have MJF and or Ricky Starks. Oh, I mean, it's cheating, but you did not post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, <laughs> Monty, please don't tell me you booked Joe. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I didn't have that type of foresight. No, no way. I, I went with Max, and yeah, I don't think we're talking about AEW World Champion, right? So, yeah, man. But I mean, how close? That yeah, now I'm, re- now I'm regretting that decision <laughs> to uh, say. Let's count worlds. <laughs> exactly. It's fucked. Yeah. Do you know what? An extra AW show has fucked you and Jackson over. Like, how yeah, great I'm is fucking that? screwed. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Honestly, fuck you, AEWs. <laughs> Once again, Tony Khan. Oh, aren't <laughs> yeah, you my you favorite? screwed both of us. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, why don't you watch AEW anymore? Yeah, well, they fucked us over and, you know, Jay Bob's of it, so fuck them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony screwed us. Blame Tony. All right, women's champion then. Gina, who have you gone for AEW women's champion? God, I went with Britt Baker. Oh, no, not bad. DMD. Uh, Monty? Yeah, uh, I'm just, I'm I'm aggravated myself, but I went with Soraya. I thought with her return, I just thought it was going to be uh, a nice lengthy reign, but we obviously we see how that turned out. Yeah, well, he did have a lengthy reign. It was like a month and a half. <laughs> like, <that's> not... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. AEW Women's Division. Uh, no, I went Soraya as well. Jaxie? Yeah, I went um, DMD, Brett Baker. Okay. Oh, I thought this was yeah. like Tony Storm. Exactly, because <laughs> I remember when no, I people, people used to complain. About like Jaxie and Gina being similar, but me and Monty are more similar. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Oh, we right. Friends? <laughs> it's weird. Wow. Uh, maybe we are. I don't know. Maybe we are related, Monty. I've never checked. Like, <laughs> never. Yeah, I have to check. Yeah. I have to ask some people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Monty, who's your TNT champion? Yeah, well, I I thought I thought I I thought I was safe because you guys I, I saw I heard you guys say AW World for Ricky and I was like, wow, I, I undersold him because I said TNT title. <laughs> oh, right. <I> don't <laughs> but yeah, no, he's not. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed Christian though. There we go. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. Jaxie. He went Ricky Starks for TNT. Um. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I went even sillier. I went Jack Perry. <laughs> well, I don't think it's that silly. Uh, it, well, it is. Where is he? <laughs> well, I went for him, so I don't think it's that silly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, Actually, see, so if anyone wants to complain that me and my sister always choose the same answer, it's like, look, me and James went both Ricky Starks and Jack Perry. <laughs> Yes. Are you guys twins? No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we've not been tested. In well, personality. Uh, In personality. Yeah. <laughs> Gina, what about you? I had Ethan Page or Adam Cole. Why do you keep going two people? I mean, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but how is this allowed? If if I knew I could make two choices, then I would have always put two choices. Sis, like, you're not special, so you're not allowed to put two choices. <laughs> Look, this is just why wow. I'm not special. My choices, okay? You're special to me, but, like, you're not special in the sense that you get two choices. I'm special. I have a crown, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gina starts off with TBS title. 
Oh, gosh, I went Jamie Hater. Well, at least you didn't put two down. Um, Monty, <laughs> what about you? Yeah, this is another one where it's just like, fuck you, Tony, because I feel like if she actually wrestled in AEW, <laughs> she would be champion by now, but I'm going to Athena. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Jaxie, what about you? I feel exactly the same as Monty. However, I, I feel like this about Willow Nightingale. If she had been, like, you know, Fuck featured God. a lot more, Willow Nightingale could have. Did you put Willow? Yeah, I did. Don't tell me you put Willow. We All our answers are the same. All our, all our answers are the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I get freaked out a little bit, but we'll be right. Right, Monty, yeah. AEW tag team. <laughs> oh, they just came back this year, so I, I was I really had big things for Private Party, man. I don't uh, know why. I put, I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> right, Jaxie, what have you and I gone for? <sighs> <laughs> Um, so I went the gun club. Oh, thank fuck for that. Right. Uh, no, I thought we went the same for a second. Gina? Yeah. I went with the best friends, Trent and Chuck. I went uh, for the young we bucks. really optimistic. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if, Look how far off we are in the tag. If the year was booked. Wow, yeah, no, gosh. if the year was booked yeah, yeah. with us. My God. Um, <laughs> I tell you something else as well. Trio's title. I've gone for the JAS. So again, <laughs> like I didn't think what they were going to do or what combination. <laughs> but who knows? Uh, Gina, who's your trio's champion? Um, this is no shock. House of Black. House of Black. That's not a bad bad shout at all, Monty. I don't even think they're a thing anymore because is Pac still hurt, I believe, but I wouldn't dare trying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, again, we can use these for next year, I suppose, and hopefully it might be a little bit better. Uh, Jaxie? Um, so I went House of Black too. House of Black. Um, so that is it for, oh, no, one more title. We've got the All-Atlantic is that a title? What title is that? That's what it used to be. Oh, it's a, oh no, it's a fucking international. <laughs> yeah, international. Yeah. Oh my god, it's been a long yeah. year. Oh, like, you know, while we were making these predictions, <laughs> it was still the All Atlantic. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I was going. What the? F-? I've had a. What? Um, I went Ethan Page, which again he's had one match in Canada this year, which is not great. Uh, Monty. I don't know why, what the hell made me do this, but I went Jack Perry, so. Jack Perry, yeah, all right. Um, Gina? I went with Rush. Uh, Jaxie? I went Swerve. Ooh. Um, it's Rush. Swerve, Swerve had a better year than he was booked. <laughs> Which is yeah. Good. Right. Good. <laughs> uh, the, we then have the pay-per-view main events. So we've got a Revolution main event, AEW Revolution main event. 
Uh, so we'll start with Gina. Who do you say was going to be the main event? For which one, Revolution? Yes. Um, I had MJF versus Brian Danielson. MJF versus Danielson. Monty, what did you pick? Uh, Revolution. Yeah, I obviously thought it was going to be a big year for Jack. So I said MJF and Jack. Here. All right. Jack I also said MJF and Danielson. I also said MJF and Danielson. And the main event for Revolution was MJF versus Brian Danielson in an Iron Man match. So a point yeah. for everyone. <laughs> well, apart from Monty. But well, apart from I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I don't want to kick a man when he's down, but. Uh, anyway, hey, listen, a... I, I could do with a point. <laughs> <laughs> AEW double or nothing main event. I went for MJF versus Adam Page. Monty? Uh, double or nothing we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. MJF and Darby Allen is what I put. Uh... Gina? I got um, Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rosa. Jaxie? Um, James, I put MJF in the Hangman page. You put, no, you fucking didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's like, get out of my um, head! Uh, that's <laughs> strange. Uh, so unfortunately, nobody with the point there. We then asked for all out main event. Um, Gina, what was your all out main event? Uh, MJF versus Claudio. Jaxie? Um, I had Jamie Hater versus Brick Baker. And Monty. MJF and Hangman. Fucking if we went that as well, I suppose. Uh, I should say double or nothing, sorry. The the last uh, was a multi-man match with Blackpool Combat Club. And the main event for All Out was Moxley versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, I said it was going to be MJF versus Kenny Omega. And then finally, Full Gear main event. I went MJF versus Ricky Starks because I thought Ricky Starks was going to win the world title, obviously. Jaxie? <laughs> I put... <laughs> I, put... <laughs> I put MJF versus Ricky Starks. <laughs> <Fucking hell. It's... laughs> wow, man. I don't even know how we did this. Like We have not talked about any of these. I just emailed my predictions to Jameson. No one knew this. So I don't oh even know God. how we've done that. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> even if you went, guess each other's predictions, we wouldn't be able to get it as much as we have now. Yep. For sure. Uh, Monty? <laughs> I remember thinking when I wrote this down, there's no way they're going to get this away on free TV. And that's exactly <laughs> what he fucking did. But I went back to Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gina? Um, I went MJF 
versus Ricky Starks. Oh, thanks. No way, sis. You, you, you went with the same ones we did too. <laughs> so we've got yeah, more similar. I kind of had MJF or, um, or Ricky for the world's champion, so it makes sense that I chose him. Very true. So up next, we've got AEW surprise return. Jaxie, who was your surprise return? Adam Cole, baby. Fucking hell. <laughs> My surprise return is Adam Cole. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> People think we just planned this. Uh, Monty, who's your surprise return? Mind you, he was he was uh, away uh, at this time, and he did come back to them before he came back somewhere else. But I put CM Punk. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. You can maybe even get two points out of that, but you, won't, <laughs> but you know what I mean. I know um, it's too close. Uh, <laughs> you would never give me an extra point. For <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, that's actually a good call as well, Gina. I went with Adam Cole. Yay! All got a point there, baby. That's good. Um, and finally, AEW surprise wrestler leaving. Gina, start us off. I shit you not, I put CM Punk. Oh! <laughs> that might even deserve two. I mean, you won't, but, you know, I'll give you a point. I mean, uh, that, was, that, was good. that was a good call. I'll take it. <laughs> Um, Monty, what about you? That's fantastic, Gina. Well done. Monty? Yeah, uh, my point, I probably can put him down again this year. I don't, I'm not going to get the point for it because he's not gone yet, but, uh, I think he might not last in AEW, but hey, who knows? I put, I put Miro because I just, again, at the time he was sitting at home and he sat at home most of this year, so I thought it was justified. Yeah, I, I went Wardlow, so maybe I just Thought he'd get pissed off, you know, just go, but never did. Uh, Jaxie? Um, I kid you not. I no, went, I no, I went Andrade. You didn't go <laughs> I actually did. I went Andrade. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, technically you didn't leave yet. No. <laughs> yeah, I think no, you find you shut out of contract. So, hey, um... listen. <laughs> no, that's not fair. That is well, so he, he finished the year with AEW. <laughs> yes, and immediately after he he posted straight after that, like a, a leaving saying bye, thank you everyone. So yeah, he might have performed, but he also left the same night. You know, I'll, I'll is give it Jackson. It's Jackson, right? Or Gina? Which one? Which one is? It's Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah, give her, yeah. She can get all the points she wants. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, I thought I thought it was Gina. I thought it was Gina. I was like, no way. Don't Gina. give Gina anything. She's too close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Monty's one that ends it. <laughs> wow. Ultimate <laughs> betrayal, guys. Everyone's Thanks for giving me the Thanks for giving me the pity point, Monty. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you said you could use some points. Huh? I'm just looking out for you. 
That's one of the funniest things. I might clip that and just replay it every (laughs) six months. I'll remember this for the end of next year and start moaning when I want extra points at the end. I'll remember this. I'm going to remember this, Monty. I'll remember. Thanks for the pity point. I'll remember to pity you at some point. Oh, my word. Right. So, (laughs) at this moment, we're on the precipice of finding out who's going to win. The scores right now. Jaxie's on 24. Gina's <sighs> on 34. Monty on 35. And James with 39. So a four-point league with five bonus predictions left. And what I'm going to do, because it make it more fun, is offer two points for a correct prediction. All right? So we've got five predictions. So there's 10 points still online. So, well, Jax, you can't win it, but just hold fire, all right? So <laughs> we've each got five predictions. And again, we'll go around and ask uh, two points for a correct answer. I think that's fair enough. So, um, Jaxie, I'll start with you. What's your first bonus prediction? Um, I went with the Hurt Business will come back together. In what way? As in, like, I felt like Bobby Lashley. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get this point because <laughs> I thought that Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander would get back together and reunite as the Hurt Business. Obviously, Bobby Lashley's moved on with the Street Profits. So, uh, you know, as much as I really want to say, oh, yeah, that's who I meant. No, I put the Hurt Business will come back together and I meant the original Hurt Business. So. Fair enough, fair enough. Monty, first prediction. My first prediction was a no-brainer to me. Uh, I said Mercedes will be the IWG or will be New Japan's women's champion, and she did do that this year. Ooh, so two points. Did I say two points? I meant a point. No. So two points there for Monty. So he's on 37 (laughs) now, two points behind me. Gina, what's your first one? Right. I'm definitely going to say I should get this point. I put Mercedes Monet will appear on AEW TV. I didn't say she will sign. I said she will appear on the TV. And she did appear on TV, AEW TV, <laughs> at all in. No, I'll give you that. I'll give you that, yeah. Good I job. mean, yeah, that's that, good job. Is, is, is that Gina or Jaxi? Because I just want to make sure. Before, it does, no, Gina. Gina. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> no, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Gina. It obviously matters. Definitely right. G-site shit. My first prediction, Stone Cold has another match. So, no. I'll start off with the second one. Japanese wrestler. Japanese wrestler wins AEW title. How about that one? No. (laughs) Fine. Um, Jaxie, what's your second one? We will get Kyrie Sane versus Jamie Hazer at Forbidden Door 2. <laughs> nice. I mean, at the nice. time, at the time that I made this prediction, Kyrie was the current IWGP Women's Champion, and Jamie Hayter was the current Women's AEW Women's Champion. A girl can dream. Okay, I had a dream, and it didn't. It didn't pan out. Okay. <laughs> Monty, what is yours? Second one. 
Yeah, uh, the second one again. I just I feel kind of good about this one, uh, but I don't think I don't remember it, if it ever even happened. So I, I it was unfortunate that it, it played out, but it just didn't work out. I don't because I don't think they even had a tag match before that, but or anything. But anyway, I put Sami Zayn with pin Roman Reigns, and I don't think he did. They fought and he turned uh, on him, but I don't think he ever pinned him. I don't even remember. Maybe they had a tag match and he pinned him, but I just don't. I don't think so. I think the first I time he pinned so. was Jay, right? Solo that was pinned in that match. Yeah, yeah it was Solo. Oh, see, solo I got screwed. Solo yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. Or to my recollection, I don't remember Sammy ever lucky. pinned. Him. I was a little too specific. I was a little <laughs> yeah, too specific. Yeah. <laughs> Roman, if you, you could have said Sammy pins. won a match. Yes, having won a match in 2023. Or Roman was <laughs> I don't anybody put that for 2024 prediction. Uh, Gina, what's your second one? Um, I put Solo Sokoa will, will win a belt this year. Sucks. All right. So third bonus prediction. Um, Gina, why don't you start us off? Sheeda turns heel. <laughs> she didn't, did she? I, I, again. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think she did. I think we were alluding it. to it, but she, ultimately she stayed on the good side. Uh, Monty? Yeah. Uh, well, this one was another one that would have been nice. Actually kind of happened, but they screwed it up because they kind of still together, so... I said the bloodline as we know it will be in where we ended this year, and that was not that's as we know it, I guess, can save uh, me because as you know what I mean, I did worry yeah, the bloodline no, as, no, we it. Saying, yeah, as we but, know it, but at, yeah. in December of last year, as we knew it, Jay and Sammy was in it. I'm just saying, but it is what it is. you can fight me on it. Do you know what the problem is? It's the fact that like they they like Jimmy Solo, Paul Heyman, they if still, Jimmy didn't went back, I would take it. Yeah, the, yeah, the only issue is, is yeah. that the bloodline still, still exists. <laughs> right. They still go by the bloodline. No. That's the fucking yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack C, what about you? What's your third one? Oh, gosh. <sighs> I did Eddie and Or Ortiz will join House of Black. Wow. You were smoking something special then. I, I um, really was. A bit like me, who put FTR to return to WWE. <laughs> Maybe, they, were out, <laughs> they told us, though. They said they were out of contract. They lied to us. <laughs> Bastards. Um, all right, so two more to go, which four more points. And at the moment, it is Gina on 36, Monty on 37, I'm on 39. Gina, what's next? Go on, full fun. Uh, I don't. I don't think this did happen at all. So, um, Carmelo Hayes will be called up to the main roster. Not quite. Yeah, Monty. I mean, mighty <laughs> close. <laughs> yeah. Mighty close. Because he's not done. If he was done in NXT, I guess I would call it. But like, I mean, does that turn? I don't think that tournament counts. But yeah. you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's like because like, like, he was representing, representing NXT in the tournament. Yeah, yeah he's representing NXT. Yeah. If it if it just said that he was in the tournament, then yeah, maybe we could have said that. But or he like, would show up on SmackDown and Raw. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 
So, Monty, what about you? Yeah, man, I was hoping things... I obviously was hoping uh, business... Because I, I knew... I figured Punk would come back. But I was like, yeah, there's no way. If he's coming back, they're going to make them do business. And they didn't. Obviously, uh, his problems with the elite ended up costing them. I said that the elite and CM, the elite will fight against CM Punk and FTR uh, at some point in AEW, and it, it, it obviously did not happen, but it should have happened. I wish egos were placed to the side. Jaxie? What if you're right or not? Uh, I put. Mandy Rose will return to WWE. So, uh, (laughs) my one, and again, we are tight, like two points difference. But I don't know if you remember, Monty, uh, that I had to apologise to Jackson Gina because when we were all in at Wembley, I kind of might have overreacted to a certain match. I mean, girls, you remember, didn't you? You know what match I'm talking about. It was the uh, Sarai winning the AEW Women's Championship. Uh, yes. Of course, I, you know, I... Yeah. Because I've put down, Sarai wins the AEW Women's title in the UK. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was going to do it. And it's come and help me on year-end predictions. Uh isn't that a double whammy for you guys? Ain't it great? <laughs> I think you're the only one who feels great about that, James. Oh, <laughs> uh, good times. Jaxie, what's your last one then? A new belt will be introduced to AEW. Ooh. My oh, one and only. It's the same belt. It's the same belt. It really is. Introduce a new belt every few months. Exactly. I went. I went safe here, and I got at least one point. Good job. Cheers. There we go. Oh man, I didn't think of that one. Final prediction. Yeah. Um, Gina, what is your fifth and final prediction? Jay White will leave New Japan. Oh wow! (laughs) Wow. Nice. So two points there. Oh my god. So at the moment, so Jaxie finishes with twenty six. Gina, you're on thirty eight. Monty's on thirty seven. He needs this one. Monty, what's your last one? Yeah, uh can I say screw Okada, uh Ishii and uh Tanahashi <laughs> for killing my young boys? Because I predicted that Shota Umino would become a champion this year, and he had that year, and he did not. He did not. He still has yet to win a legitimate championship. Maybe 2024. Wow. Year, but that's it. I don't know. Ran Narata has got, got it out from you know, so you, I never know. You never know. Well, again, we all know what's happened here, and I don't need to say it. Uh, but what you're going to say find... it, so just say it. No, 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 because I've still got a bonus prediction left. And I find this <laughs> even more poetic that I'm going to win <sighs> off this one, you know? Because my last prediction is Drew McIntyre turns heel. And God damn it, Drew, you finally won sink. 
Yes. <laughs> I'm happy for you on this one. I'm happy for you on this one. My God. So it means conspiracies, if I'm truly honest. But yeah. I'm just going to send you the finish to Clash in the Castle later, just to screw with you later. So. <laughs> Final scores then for the year end predictions 2023. Jackson. Excluding, yeah, we don't need to know Jackson's score. Twenty six points. There you, you go. Just Thank think, you. Make me feel better, Jackson. If you've oh, got even more like a couple of AW, <laughs> a couple of WWE pay per views, your scores will be different. We know that much. Yeah. Um, well, twenty twenty four will be my year. Yes, we shall see. Monty <laughs> finishes third <laughs> on thirty seven points. In the wow, end. Um, but again, Monty, you run me hard, I've got to say. But oh, it came you know, down to Achilles Hill, AEW. A point ahead of fourth place, so I feel better. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, <laughs> 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 and then, fuck. And finally, second place. And I w- Oh, Monty, sorry, before we move on, you have won the most events in 2023. I did work it out the other day. And okay, give me two points for that. And now, I'm, now I'm back two. in second place. <laughs> I'm not going to give you two points. I'm sorry. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> I might, might do next year. But um, like I said, you did, you did win the most. Um, well, take a bow. Out, but I, I can't remember where it is now. So um, if I can't find it in my book, tough titties. But I know you did. Uh, Gina. I'm awesome. It's cool. Yeah, Gina just won everything. Basically, the, the last the, the <laughs> six months... <laughs> Last six months of 2023 was just Gina winning everything. Um, she ends the year on 38 points, top of the WWE League as well, but uh, fair play. And and Gina, again, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I remember you saying to me, maybe last year, even the year before when you were doing it, that you weren't that confident, and I think that's changed now, and I think this has proven how good you are at predictions. That for sure. I definitely didn't know I had it in me to sort of get myself up to the top there, especially into second place. I definitely think that you squeezed in some extra points there for yourself, but we won't go that far. We'll leave it there and I'll accept the defeat this time still. Yeah. Yeah. Because even if you change it to one point each, I still win. But again, it's not about me. All right. And I hate to make it about me, you know. Like I said, when I started this podcast back in 2015, did I think I would beat so many people at year-end predictions? No, I didn't. Did I realise how good I was, how smart, how handsome, you know, how humble? Probably not. But you don't become prediction king of 2023 without the hard work. And kids, that's the important thing, all right? Maybe one day you can end up like me. Uh, So that's (laughs) nearly it. Again... You know, we're all happy. We're all pleased. Um, finally, uh, well, you know what happened and finally. Uh, unfortunately, we have had a passing of a former WWE and New Japan pro wrestler. Killer Khan passed away at the age of 76. Um, he had so many battles against the legends like Bob Backlund, Pedro Melis, Andre the Giant. Uh, run with WWE in 1987. Uh, and, of course, uh, a lot in Japan as well. Um, Monty, as we end this show here, it's always upsetting to lose a wrestling legend, and especially when it's connection with New Japan and WWE in this way, you know? 
Yeah, man, like you said, it's always sad and tough uh, to hear that news. Uh, he's a, definitely before my time, so I didn't really get a chance to watch a lot of them. But, uh, you know, it was just one of those things where, again, like you said, you saw communities of whether they were classic WWE fans or whether they were New Japan people or just New Japan themselves uh, honoring the loss. So, yeah, man, it was unfortunate. But, you know, as a wrestling family, we take a lot of these losses. But, you know, we, we also come together as a family to, you know, to just – get through it together, whether it means watching old clips or whatever it is that we, how we do. But, you know, that's the one thing about this community. It's always tough when we lose someone. But, uh, again, I think we all, it all, it also is also just like awesome how we can come together because of something that they put their blood, sweat, and tears into. And uh, you can always go back and watch for reference or, you know, and, and, and mourn in that way. So, yeah, man, it was tough. But, again, it was one of those things. He's a legend. So, Rest in peace. Well, it wouldn't be the podcast if I didn't bring us all down before we finish, would I? So, you know. Uh, but that is it. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the Double Podcast. I'm at Double JR. You can find the entire Double team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find us since you? Yes, at Mind Monty Pod. Uh, like I said, the Mind Monty Podcast will be returning at some point this month. I'm just trying to really formulate the exact date of when I'm going to lay out my recordings, but I have everything planned out uh definitely going to talk a little bit about wrestle kingdom as uh it was very very special to me for a lot of reasons and i have a lot of other stuff coming too uh down the pike this year i'm looking forward to a strong year for the show and for my platform all together so yeah check me out at my monthly pod on twitter my doubt jack c where can people find and follow you At Jaxie Scarlett on both Twitter, X, or uh, Instagram. And Gina, of course, where can people subscribe and share any of your stuff that you do? Yeah, you can find me on X or Twitter at Purple Pain. Yeah, we're doubling also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us an email at doublepodcast at gmail.com and YouTube is double podcast. We will let us clips and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube to do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, well, the girls will be back in two weeks for the Wrestle Kingdom review. But next weekend, me and Monty, we're getting evil. We're going to bring you NXT New Year's Evil, which will be fun. And I've just looked at the time, and this might be the longest podcast we've done in about two and a half years. So I'm going to leave it there. Until then, I've been James Rowlands, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett, Thank you for joining us, Jaxie. Thanks for sticking. Thanks for sticking with us, everyone. It's been fun. Happy New Year. Long and fun, a bit like me. Of course, the mind of Monty. Monty, again, uh, you've actually probably made me laugh harder than I have done in a very long time. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. No problem. No problem. Always fun, guys. Uh, and looking forward to this year. Uh, and yeah. Uh, Thank you, thank you, Tony, for the long ass card. That's why we got a long ass show. <laughs> and uh, thank you, uh, wrestling in general, for causing me to work three to four weekends in a row. Yeah, yep, always away. And of course, the genius of Gina. Now, I know I did win, but I think the true winner of the predictions is Gina. But you won't accept that, and you're going to come even stronger in 2024, aren't you? I know it. Oh yeah, I'm definitely coming for that top spot. So I'm I'm just as determined now. 
uh, to get into the next year. But it's been fun, for sure. Without shadow of a doubt. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, bye. <laughs>